0: Log Talk Radio.
1: You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network.
0: In the future, none of you are Here
2: You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and thank you for tuning in to our Thursday night programming of Totally Driven Radio. <laughs> well, why wouldn't you tune into the greatest show heard all around the world?
1: It's time to smoke up, everybody. Happy 420. Smoke up if you got them. I'm sure my friends that are very close to me on the other lines probably already have. My name is Bay Ragney. You're listening to Totally Driven Radio. It's Totally Driven Thursday. And like I said, it is 420. And I am so lucky to have the two guys that they don't wait for 420 to partake in 420. It's it every day to them at 420. Whether you're down in Florida or out in Arizona, let's welcome to the show, Mister Jimmy Janetti and Mister Nick Wilkinson. What's going on there, guys? What's up, man? Now I, I, I was Google, waiting. Google, Google. Yeah, I was waiting to hear like a, like a, a bong hit or something. Or.
0: <laughs> oh man.
3: Actually, it's funny that you say that because I just got home from a restaurant. Well, it's not a restaurant. It's like a sandwich shop out here called Chiba Hut. And uh, all they sell is like marijuana-themed sandwiches and desserts. And they have lots of flyers for like local bands and little, you know, festivals and stuff like that. And it's it's like the hippie version of Subway.
4: Hmm.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and they were having a huge party today, and they're giving out, like, free Frisbees and stickers and all kinds of stuff. So the whole family went down there and got sandwiches and everything like that.
1: And and how was the sandwiches?
3: Oh, dude, the sandwiches, I had this meatball sub that was just, it's it's called Bomb Ass. uh, It's It's called what? garlic Bomb Ass, you know, like Bomb Ass weed.
1: <laughs> I, thought, I thought you meant as in bomb, like we did with uh, Syria, ass, because that's what's going to be your ass is going to be doing it if you eat it.
3: No, no, man. It's, uh, it, yeah, dude. It's, it's, all of their stuff is named like Black Mamba, OG Kush. Like, it's all named it. And even the sizes of their sandwiches, like a nug, a pinner, or a blunt, those are the three sizes that they come in. And, uh, oh. This was amazing. It was like a meatball sub on toast, a roll, but the roll was toasted garlic bread. And it had like, instead of just having a marinara, it had like a ragu on it that had like uh, peppers and onions and m- mushrooms and just huge chunks of garlic. And I mean, honestly, it's the best meatball sub I've ever had in my life.
1: That, that does sound good.
3: Usually I order, they have a spicy tuna sandwich. Usually I order that, but this one was like calling out my name today.
1: Yeah, see, that's why the idea you were telling me about, like, <laughs> taste, and you're normally picking out spicy tuna when there's, some, there's like a meatball parm there. Like, <laughs> tuna is never winning in my world over, like, meatball. Like, it, it, it just doesn't happen.
3: Well, you know what it is, dude? I I don't know. I like to experiment. You know what I mean? I get bored really easy with everything that I do. So, like, constantly changing different flavors and stuff, that's, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's my deal. You, you. on the other hand, you know what you like, and that's what you want.
1: You know what? Like, I I end up sticking with something, and I burn it out. Like, like right now, my big thing, like, drink-wise, like, I was drinking... Rianiti Wine Lambrusco. I was drinking like, every night for dinner with dinner. Um, but now, since I've had uh, the Henry's Hard Grape Soda, uh, I can't get enough of that.
3: So you'll drink it until it, like, disgusts you, right?
1: Right, right. And then I'm <laughs> off to the next one. Yeah, oh, like, I, 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 that's what I have right now. Uh, I got a case of Henry's Hard Soda. They're little, like, pony cans for 10 bucks. Right. I mean, I got to oh, drink, wow. like, yeah, I got to drink, like, four or five that, like, equal a real drink, but, I mean, they're really good. You know, good. It's,
3: funny, it's funny that you bring up drinking because just yesterday, for at least the time being, I have kind of swore off drinking anything other than beer, Um. Because I've been going through these uh, bottles of Captain Morgan Private Reserve, like, I mean, like they're going out of style. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Do you drink an it straight, or you mix in it, or
3: I, I put ice in it? Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, is—it's it's,
3: is... it's different than regular Captain Morgan because it's aged a little longer, so it has this deep like caramel
0: flavor to it i like some caramel so yeah
3: this month i've gone through like seven of those uh 750 milliliter jugs and uh i had to stop i was like this can't be good for my diabetes
1: oh god no dude oh my right. god no. yeah <laughs> you're, you're just trying
5: to whip it
3: Well, you know, when I was growing up, I was never like a a drinker. You know what I mean? Like as a teenager, as a a young adult, I wasn't exactly like going to the club or the bar and partying and stuff. So I didn't really experiment like that when I was a kid. You know, a cold Corona after work was about the extent of it for me. Dude, there's some
1: serious like jugs. They're they're like they're jugs.
3: Seven hundred and fifty milliliters.
1: Dude. See, Bay
5: cured me of drinking, pretty good. I didn't have to
1: worry about <laughs> that. <after> that. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker. You, you know what's funny? I told that story the oh. other night um, uh, at dinner to the girls, rant, or Jeanette. Sorry, to the girls, and yeah. I had that. They were hysterical, and they, and they were like tears <laughs> down their face and laughing. Really?
5: Uh, I don't think I've heard it this story.
1: Oh, uh, it was terrible.
5: I was smelling Jack Daniels for a month. <laughs> drink that shit again. Mm.
1: I w- we'll have to tell the story when we got uh, time later yeah. on, but put it this way. It invo- ends up involving Jack Daniels, a strip club, uh, a lady named Mom, beating up Mr. Gennetti, and a mop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: <laughs> oh, man. So, all right. So, for tonight's show, we got coming up in a minute, our good friend Kristen Burt will be returning. And we're going to talk on all the top and crazy and wild stories happening in the world today, which I'm dying to see what story she's going to have. Uh, coming up at nine o'clock, uh, I'm sure you've heard of the band Duro, Mr. Duro Pesh. Uh, or Warlock from back in the day, Uh, or even if you're from the Philadelphia area, the band Deadly Blessing, well, Mr. Nick Douglas, bass player, will be calling in at 9 o'clock. He's got an amazing, and and this is no BS, not blowing smoke up anybody's ass. This is true from the heart. He's got an amazing new album. It's called Regeneration. And you know what? As I just listened to this album, I said to myself, Nick would love this. You know what, Nick? It's kind of Dude, it's kind of like um, Krigara, but it, it's heavier. Like it's more rock, but it's got that cinematic sound to it. It really does.
3: You know what I've been uh, blasting all day is uh, I, I know I'm like a fucking broken record here, dude. But uh, the other side, like all day. <laughs>
1: now, uh, or uh, did you hear their new tune?
3: Yeah, 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 but that's like, that's my jam, dude. Like, honestly, it's probably my favorite song in the last, like, five years. That's awesome. I think it's, like, the perfect mix of Alice in Chains and, like, Silver Chair.
1: Right. Ooh. There's a cool band from the past.
3: Yeah, yeah, man. I I, I was so, I, I love it. Like, my kid knows all the words, my wife knows all the words. <laughs> Uh,
1: what the hell is that? Is that? Oh, that, dude, you, you gotta get some light in there.
3: Believe it or not, I have one, two, th- I have four lights on right now. That's how dark it is in here because there's no windows.
1: I love that Batmobile poster, though.
3: That is a, uh, it's like a distressed metal sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Very cool. Cool. So we're gonna be talking to Nick at nine o'clock. And then later in the show, we'll be talking a whole bunch of topics. And um, we're going to be doing a countdown. Our new thing in the show, we'll be counting down uh, uh, the top... Well, technically, it should be the top three, but Nick couldn't limit it down to three. So we'll be going top top four duets.
3: Now, do you have a four?
1: I don't, but I'll... Um, it's, it's like two weeks ago, I I instantly had um two and, and then the third one hit me like the next morning and i was like I think about this at all
3: oh wow i really like I, we can talk about this more when we do the segment but i really put a lot of thought into like not necessarily my favorite ones but ones that i really enjoyed you know what i mean so i wanted right. to uh and I wanted to try and make it diverse, but honestly, it could have easily been a top five or a top ten list.
1: Oh, oh, absolutely! Yeah. It's funny because one of your is to one line. I was hoping don't.
3: I, right, you know what? You were cutting in and out really bad. There, say that one more time. It's really funny. Um, Go.
1: We have no, none of the same picks, so I'm really no. excited about it. Last
0: week, we and didn't one have
1: it either. of your <laughs> right picks is um, is pretty close to one of mine. So is you'll, it you'll number three? Um, no.
3: Oh, okay, oh, yeah, wow. yes. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, I think I know what it is. Cool. <laughs> it, it, so, what I right, think on, it
6: is, it would have made my list, too. Cool. All right, well, uh,
1: until we get to that, we, we have a ton of stuff to talk about, and here's the person we'd love to talk with, it, with, the one and only Miss Kristen Burt. Kristen, how are you doing?
7: I'm good. How are you?
1: Good. Good, good, good. Welcome back. We, we missed Thank you last week
7: I know, well you guys were busy You had a big agenda last Thursday
1: Actually I missed everybody Because uh, None of the guys were even on the show last week They were like nah
0: It was just you I <laughs>
1: <laughs> So I, I mean there's been so much Like going on and I'm just dying To know what direction You're going to get in.
7: I know, I'm like where to start Because You know there's a lot of like sort of uh, continuations to stories that we Talked about and followed for a long time um, Which a few of them I think We can sum up pretty quick but We officially got a Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner divorce um, Out of all of this I mean it's been two years Do you believe we've been talking about sleeping with the nanny For two years
1: Yeah you know and We were actually talking like there was rumors Going around that they could be getting back together And then all of a sudden it was like Nope divorce
7: yeah, you know, I've read those stories, and I was like, I just don't see it happening, only because um, Jennifer Garner, and I have to go back about a year now, it might even be a year and a half, she gave that kind of very biting Vanity Fair interview about Ben being his own worst enemy, and, like, he can be warm when you're standing with him in the sunshine, but the second you get in the shadows, he's just cold and dark. Like, it was just too cutting, um, that I just felt like, oh, she's done. Like, you know, she's been through the ringer with him, and this this was the final straw. The nanny was the final straw. Wow. Yeah, and if yeah, you guys it's... haven't read the um, interview, it's Vanity Fair, Jennifer Garner. It was probably about a year ago. It's, gr- it's actually a great read. Whomever did this interview asked all of the right questions.
1: And she was willing to answer them.
7: Yes, she was. And she answered it in a way that, honestly... Like, you don't look at it and go, God, she's an awful person. You go, wow, she put up with a lot. She's done. This is her way of just saying, this is it. But we're going to make it work for the kids. You know, we're going to try and work out this this balance of family and, and not be horrible to each other. Right. Wow. Yeah. It's a great piece either. of, like, celebrity psychology. Yes.
1: Cool. <laughs> Because they all do need it.
7: They all do. And uh, because this town is insane. Um, I mean, we all do. I mean, I think just living here in L.A., everyone needs to get their head checked, including myself. Because there's days I'm like, what the heck is going on in this town, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, you really, really have to stay grounded working in this business. Because there's just too many things to turn your head and uh, too many things to tempt you. And uh, if you don't stay with the right people, it's so easy to go astray. And I'm not just talking, like, infidelity. I'm talking, I mean, there's a whole list of things.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'd be scared out there. I really would be.
7: I'm glad (laughs) I came. I think if I, well, here's the funny thing. I lived in New York City young. So I think if I had lived and, which I think in some weird way, even though people are always like, the big city, it's open 24-7, nah, you know. I think not, uh, New York City is actually easier to navigate than L.A. Um, there's, And I grew up in the Northeast, so, you know, you guys know what it's like. People are grounded. People just have roots. They believe in family. They believe in education. um, They care for one another. Like, I knew if I was getting mugged, a New Yorker would come to my rescue. I know 100% if I'm getting mugged here in L.A., nobody will come to my rescue. It's just a different atmosphere. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's amazing. That is really amazing.
7: Yeah. New Yorkers, like New Yorkers, but I should say everyone in the Northeast, they take care of each other. They really do, and I think, you know, when we had, like, the worst thing happen in 9-11... You saw the resiliency of New York. You saw everyone reaching out to each other. And people were like, that's so wonderful. I'm like, but you know what? People actually do it on a daily basis in New York without a major tragedy. I had so many, like, cab drivers make sure I got home safe after a night out. Or, you know, if I felt uncomfortable, sometimes I would go up to another man and just say, will you just make sure that this weird guy following me just stays away? They would always say yes. Always. That's awesome. Yeah. So... LA is a different beast.
1: (laughs) And probably even like now, I mean, it's more Uber oriented out there, especially.
7: Yeah. So you don't interact with your neighbors that much. I knew all of my neighbors in New York city, um, in my apartment building, at least on my floor. um, and maybe like a floor up or down, but I mean, I can tell you, I've lived in my condo building for, let me see. Let me just think about this, uh, over a decade. And, I can tell you my little hallway and, like, maybe the little old lady on the first floor, but I couldn't tell you anybody else. And I don't have a very transient building. I have a lot... It's a it's an older community, so people have been there a long time, and I couldn't tell you people's names, what a for- unit they were in. It's kind of crazy. Wow. I know.
1: So, I mean, like, I, I'm in a I'm in a townhouse development, and I've been here... Mm-hmm. It's actually 20 years this month. And, I mean, I know... My next neighbors to my one side. Um, mm-hmm. On my other side, we, we don't get along at all. So we like. Oh no. Barely, yeah, we barely say hello to them. Um, and then there's like a like one or two others that I know, but there's other ones that have been here, um, just as long, if not longer, than us. And I, if I see them, I, I don't know who they are, but I know that I've heard their names a million times but I can't put two and two together because I just don't pay attention to them.
7: But have we lost this as a community? This is I'm just throwing this out here just because I'm thinking about it. Cause where I grew up um, in Massachusetts, I knew not only, I lived on a cul-de-sac, so there are only four houses. So of course I knew all those families, but I knew everyone on probably the next five streets in either direction. Um, and ours was kind of, our community was kind of built around, um, there was a, a golf course and things like that. So, you know, everyone was always there gathering in the summer, but I knew an entire community and would play with people and knew people's parents. That doesn't happen anymore. Are we just so stuck in technology?
1: I I think you're right. I'll I'll totally say that's a a big part of my problem. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I I mean, we're so busy. Yeah. That too. But growing up, I was the same way. Like I knew, uh, I grew up in, in uh, right outside of Philadelphia in a suburb of Philly, and it was uh, all row homes. And I knew every neighbor on my side okay. of the street and across the side of the street. And then my sister mm-hmm. ended up buying a house a block down. So I knew almost everybody down on that block as well. And yep. like the next two to three streets over on each direction, I knew half a blocks of people. And everybody knew each other.
7: Everybody knew each other. And that's what makes me think like in the event of an emergency, like as a kid, there could have been, I could have chosen from like 30 to 40 homes in our area, in our little group um, of homes, honestly, and felt okay. And that they were going to get me to my parents or whatever, like I was going to be okay here. You know, um, there, are, there are a couple neighbors in, in my building that I would definitely go to, um, but nobody in my building has a key to my place. I have, you know, I have friends outside of my building that have a key to my place. So it, you sit there and you think, like, it's so different than than what it was 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago.
1: Totally. Totally. It's scary. It's crazy. It is. Yeah. I don't know how we
7: got off on that tangent, but uh, it was, it's an interesting one to think about.
1: It is, and and it's the truth, which is even more scary.
7: (laughs) I know, but it's sad, too, isn't it? It really is sad. Like, the the idea of a block party and stuff like that, um, I don't think – like, if if my my building was like, we're going to throw a pool party, I'd be like, yeah, I won't go. (laughs) You know what?
1: We have, like, in my development, we have a a pool for the complex, and it's literally, like, across the way from my courtyard – and mm-hmm. there's 30 houses in my courtyard. And I mean, I could probably throw a baseball from my front step to the pool. I think yeah. in the 20 years, I've been inside that pool area maybe a half dozen times. I've never once. Yeah. Foot in the pool.
7: I've been in my pool for sure. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. It's probably been maybe 10 times I've been lounging around the pool. Cause I just feel like it's not my, it's not my pool. I know it's the community pool and I help pay for it, but at the same time, you're like, eh, it doesn't feel private. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like I, my neighbors I'll go don't in a need pool. to
7: know what I look like.
1: <laughs> if, if I'm down the shore, I'll go in a pool down there, but I won't go in the pool in my own complex.
7: Yes. A hundred percent. I'm totally there with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, that's funny. So funny.
1: So, I, so, so uh, okay, so
7: Ben and Jen are getting a divorce. That was kind of one story. Um, the Richard Simmons story seems to sort of like you have a trickle, a little trickle of information here and there. He was in the hospital for some gastrointestinal, um, trouble. However, he, it turns out like we found out that he has been out of his house. He's not like trapped, but he goes out in different, um, disguises. Uh, he has a cane cause he does have a knee injury um, sometimes he wears wigs. Sometimes he just wears a baseball cap, but he's not noticed. I'm sure now that people know this, they will probably go and try and find him. But, um, so he's not the shut-in that was originally made out to be.
1: So it sounds like he just wanted a loom.
7: I think so. And, you know, I, I kind of understand this in that, um, He was someone that was always giving, giving to others, helping them with their weight loss stories, listening to their burdens so that he took on their burden. And I know that like when I get, and this is not the same thing, but I do know that after like two or three hours on a red carpet, I'm so burdened by the information that I've just listened to. And, you know, you're constantly talking and you're emoting and stuff like that. Like my husband knows that when I come home from a red carpet, he needs he knows to leave me alone for like an hour because I'm like, I can't, I've had it's too much input. And so Richard Simmons yeah. is someone that has had input for decades on people's weight loss stories, which are very emotional. As we all know, even gaining five pounds is emotional for, for so many of us. So sure. think about it, Wendy. People are 300 pounds overweight. You're taking on a lot.
1: Yes. Yeah.
7: And I think. I mean, that's yeah. just. Gonna be, I, I, I,
1: yeah. So emotionally draining.
7: Mm-hmm. I think he just yeah, got hired. I, I, I think he just was like, "I'm done. I'm done."
1: And it, I guess he just didn't have the heart to tell people, like, uh, he, yeah, I don't know.
7: <laughs> I, yeah, that's, that's what I think. I don't think he wanted the fanfare. of People like, "This is my goodbye tour." You know, this is my retirement. I don't think I don't think he had the capacity at that point to, to deal with it. Maybe now, you know, maybe he'll come out a little bit more on his own now that people know he's at least okay and that he's recovering from his knee injury and stuff like that. Maybe he'll do things on his own terms. But, I mean, I'm glad just to know that he's not being, like, held in the house by a housekeeper, (laughs) you know. But, uh, you know, he does get out and about a little bit.
1: That's interesting. So the, the thing is now, I mean, he's out of the hospital and all that, right?
7: Yes. Yeah, he just like had a little bit of gastrointestinal troubles, and he's gonna be okay. Nothing too serious.
1: So I I wonder what uh, what will happen now with him. Will he remain that um, you know recluse? I uh,
7: I think we'll hear from him again. I really do. I think as long as he sort of stays healthy in terms of um, you know outside of the knee injury, but like his overall health, I think that. We'll see him back at some point. He loves the Today Show. Maybe he'll turn up there at some point. He calls in a lot. He has called in to tell him that they're okay, that he's okay. I wish David Letterman was still on the air because the two of them, he would come on David Letterman's show. So I, I think he's going to pop up at some point, or maybe do People Magazine. People Magazine is always super celeb friendly.
1: Yeah, he's going to be doing one of them. It's just a bidding war now.
7: Oh, I'm sure. And I'm sure even someone like Diane Sawyer is chasing him down to do one of her, you know, Caitlyn Jenner type of sit-down interviews. Because it really is kind of a weird mystery. I mean, people just didn't understand.
1: Yeah. Crazy. And <laughs> At least he's... At least he's okay, though. I mean, that's the thing. Like, so many people were worried that he was, uh, I mean, they were making it sound like he was, like, uh, handcuffed in the basement or something.
7: (laughs) Completely. I mean, I think that's what we all thought. And then, you know, a podcast. You know what? That's what's weird. Like, that podcast that that his former friend created um, kind of really brought the whole story to a halt in many ways because his manager was like, just stop. Stop, you know, invading his private space. He really just wants to be left alone. He's retired. He's okay. He's okay. The LAPD has done multiple wellness checks. I mean, they've been to the property, and they're like, he's fine. I mean, the LAPD, I don't think that they're going to let, like, Richard Simmons be, like, changed in the basement. Right. He's a national treasure.
1: (laughs) Right. Like, that should have been the thing. Like, once the, I mean, the police went there and checked things out, it should have been, like, end of story. He's okay. Like,
7: He's okay. And they didn't go there just once. Like, that's the other thing. Like, LAPD there was was there multiple times because they got so many calls about it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the LAPD, if I was the LAPD, I'm like, look, this is my third visit. Can you please, like, let your friends know that, you know, send an email and just let them know that you've decided to, you know, retire from public life. <laughs> so they stopped calling.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh. So I'm I, I'm curious to know, and dying to know, are, are you going to touch on um, Aaron Hernandez?
7: Oh God, yeah. You know that was on my list today because I think it's fascinating that they're trying to get his brain um, to. Um, I, I believe it's Boston University that's doing all of the research on CTE, which we've talked right. about a lot as well. Another continuing story, um, and and. I mean, this story is such a tragedy from start to finish. His poor four-year-old daughter, you know, nobody wins. The, the, the victim's families don't win. They don't get any – you never get closure in a death, and you certainly don't get closure in a violent um, death. But they don't have any sort of like, well, he's in jail for the rest of his life. They get none of that. So – I am very curious to see what the findings are. I know right now because it is a criminal investigation in the jail system, the family's trying to get the body released, and there's there's a fight going on there, but I, I have a feeling they're going to find some sort of, like, CTE. They have to. It, yeah. It's just, like, the same story over and over again.
1: Yeah, where, um, uh, he had written, supposedly, John 16 on his forehead, they said. I just saw that on the, like, extra or something this evening. So, it's just weird. It's the whole thing. Just It's just a sad it, story all the way around.
7: It's really a sad story. And they did find suicide notes. So, there's no there's no foul play. People don't have to worry about that. Um, you know, they found two personal notes and one to the general public, which eventually I'm sure they will release. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is someone that had everything. And especially when you're on, like, a team like the New England Patriots, like, you're on a winning team. You may not win every year, but you're still on a winning team. And everything just got thrown away. And, and, you know, if you read, like, there's there's been multiple articles done about him. He always had the wrong people around him. Always had the wrong people. So you're like, where did he go wrong in, you know, getting a major NFL career? Why couldn't he even attract – Decent. doesn't even have to be amazing people, but decent people around him. It all like the dredges of society instead.
1: Right. I didn't realize he did uh, He did actually leave suicide notes. Yes.
7: Yeah, that is new information, I would say, as of the last two hours. Um, so I think we'll be hearing more probably in the next few days and into next week about it. This story is not going to go away anytime soon. And I think, you know, So strange that even the outcome of of the second trial, where he was guilty of two murders but not of one, and one had was related to the other. So it's really it was really a confusing um, outcome, and he was going to be able to probably have a major appeal um, based on the outcome of that second trial. So you know, had he waited it out, he might have been a free man at a certain point.
1: Right. But, it really is.
7: Yeah, it, it, it's such a shame, and you know, I mean, my heart for his four-year-old daughter is just—I mean, that's where that's that's the, the major tragedy.
1: Yeah. yeah like yeah, when but, I woke up the other morning, somebody like the, one of the first posts I saw on Facebook was Hernandez hung himself or killed himself. I'm like, Hernandez who? And then I saw like minutes later i'm like oh yeah. shit wow
7: i know i know you know i had a an a text blast when i woke up and i was like holy cow i mean you couldn't i mean that, there's going to be so many movie adaptations of this you're going to see you're going to see similar to the o j simpson trial honestly you know where we saw sort of the um, the documentary done and we we'll also and we also saw the fictional adaptation based on true events that that won so many awards this year i, I think we're going to see that which yeah. it's such a compelling story i hate to say it because it's terrible all the way through but it is compelling you want to read about it you want to kind of understand more like how can you just throw it all away
1: yeah i you know honestly i thought the same thing too after i, I said to myself i'm like yep when is the movie going to start when are the books going to start?"
7: Oh, I bet it's already happening this week.
1: That's even sadder. <laughs>
7: no, it is. I mean, but that's there we go. We go right back to Hollywood and how awful it is. I'm sure that every single like Hollywood agent was like, who can we get to write this? How can we package this? Who are our hot screenwriters? Oh, this is totally happening. There's probably people that have already been working on it um, based off of the first trial. This just adds more salacious details. A tragic
0: tale. Right. Uh, but on a positive note,
5: imagine the millions of dollars we'll save not keeping his ass locked up for the next 40 years.
7: <laughs> that is true. <laughs> hey, uh,
1: I, that is you know true. what? I totally agree with that. Jimmy Jeanette,
7: always is...
3: looking on the
7: bright side. There you go. Saving us tax dollars. <laughs>
1: We, we should make that his. Somebody's got to uh, Yeah. Uh, from Monty Python. Always look on the bright side of life. That'll be Genetics' theme song. There you go.
0: I'll
7: be like, well, he off himself, so we saved millions of dollars.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, h- how about, uh, <laughs> as I'm scrolling through Facebook, how about that baby giraffe?
7: <laughs> April. I was like, my God, April. Finally. Like last Saturday, I woke up and like Twitter was like going, she's finally having the baby. She's fine. And I was like, I feel like April was pregnant for like four years. I know it was only 15 months, but it felt like a really long time.
1: Yeah, that's kind of like um what everybody was like saying. I mean, it was going on for months. People were freaking out.
7: Yeah, because I think they put the cameras on too early. I think they didn't really know whether she was 15 months pregnant two months ago or 15 months pregnant now. And it was just one of those that I was like, oh, come on. And one of our radio stations out here was giving, like, daily April, you know, labor updates. And then by the time she had it, they, you know, they're a Monday through Friday show. They were like, oh, of course she has it on a weekend. So I'm like, we wasted two months of airtime on April the (laughs) Giraffe. But the baby's cute
1: (laughs) You know I I, I have not Watched it because people were like Screaming in horror about it
7: (laughs) I didn't watch Any of the close ups I just saw like the baby Shoot out like a cannon and I was like Wow obviously she was in labor And it was a lot more difficult than what I saw I kind of saw like the fast forward version and I was like That's fine I'm good
1: (laughs) fast forward version (laughs) (sighs) Oh That's too funny.
0: Yeah. <laughs> how about the
1: other uh, big story of the week? Um, the Facebook Live Killer.
7: God, that one's creepy, isn't it? Um, you know, and, and it, it just brings about, when you sit there and you, you think about all of this stuff, um, how we use social media and how easy it is to do so many awful things on social media, that was definitely one of them. And of course, um I love that the the guy in the McDonald's drive-thru was so aware of what was going on. Obviously it was in what he he was in Erie, Pennsylvania. Was that where he was caught at that point? Yes. Um yeah. I, I love that he held up his french fry order and, so he could call the police and everything. I was like that's that's really amazing work. Yeah,
1: you know when when this uh, started hitting the internet and all um it's scary because I, 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 honest to God, I was thinking to myself a few weeks ago, like with the whole Facebook live. I was like, I'm surprised nobody has done that yet, like either killed somebody or killed themselves on this Facebook live. And oh, they, they have.
7: Suicide. Suicides. Oh. suicides have happened already. Yeah, that's a oh, comment yeah. actually. Yeah. There's been a few shootings and a few
3: suicides. I mean, yeah, you, there's yeah. A, a more than a few out there. They just none of yeah. them got as big as this one though.
1: Okay.
2: Wow. Yeah. It, it, yeah, Facebook's uh, like
7: we have to do better. I'm like, well, I don't. What do you do? Like, how do you stop someone from doing that? You don't. Yeah.
4: Exactly.
3: i uh, are giving us all I, access. Actually, I think it was even this week. It, it may have been right before the Facebook Live guy. There was a. Uh, I think he was like 13 or 14 years old. He was on Instagram showing off with a gun and accidentally shot himself in the chest. Ooh.
4: Mm. Yeah, I saw that on
3: the news as well. Uh, His grandma comes in from the other room and it filmed the whole thing until they realized that his phone was still on. Oh, boy. Yeah, I haven't watched it because why would you do that to yourself? But you know what I mean?
7: I watched um, TMZ's edited version of of the one this past week with that poor 74-year-old man. And God bless that man's family. And he had 10 kids. And they're all like, we forgive this man, we forgive him. And I'm like, you guys have way, I I would be, I would be nowhere near forgiveness so soon. Nowhere. I don't know if I would ever forgive, honestly. Um, But, um, you know, even the edited version was gruesome. I will say that.
1: You know, it was weird too because I don't know if it was the same morning or the morning after, and I'm waking up on. Um, and I'm looking on Facebook. There was um, a Facebook Live video of it wasn't of the actual killing, but it was uh, a person got shot in the head, and his you know his body was laying there, and all these people were around, and somebody was Facebook Live in it, and you know this somebody was like, help him, help him, help him, and, and they're like, he's gone. I mean, the, the blood was. <laughs> guy, I'm like, why is this one here? Like, do people know this? And supposedly, the guy, the guy or kid, wherever he was, like his sister, in it, and she was begging them to take it down. Uh, like, oh, my. yeah.
7: It's it's awful. And you know, I ha- I have to say, like, it's really hard because we're all voyeurs now with like social media and everything. And I know from my end and my perspective. Um, You know, oftentimes I get um, photos, like when the Boston Marathon bombing happened, they were feeding us like Getty images and things like that. They were feeding us the uncensored photos that now, if you look on the internet, most of them are censored. But um, so you were seeing like your brain was trying to like go, wait, those are bones hanging out of like skin, you know, and your brain's trying to process it. But you in order to protect yourself emotionally, you do end up compartmentalizing it. Um, and if you compartmentalize it for too long, it, you wind up with nightmares and things like that. I had major nightmares after I did major coverage of the Boston Marathon bombing from the West Coast. But, you know, we were trying to get everything that we could out there. And, and I, I'll tell you, those photos will haunt me forever, forever. But wow. we're seeing that with every terrorist attack. Do you know what I mean? To the point that we're just right. like, you you in some weird way you do become used to it and it's awful.
1: You know it, it's like honestly and and I I might feel like a, a dick for saying this, but anymore, um, you know, with like all these celebrity, like, it's like now I I'm like starting to just be so like just numb to it all. It's just like another one. Like uh, it's mm-hmm. it, it's just too much.
7: I will tell you the, the, uh, the you know, we, have a, we had a school shooting up here in Los Angeles, in the Los Angeles area, um, a couple weeks ago now. And it was right around the time that the Newtown documentary, it was the same week, like they were within two days apart, the Newtown documentary was released on PBS. Um, it had been in theaters last year, and National Geographic had it, now PBS has it. And I will tell you, I, I covered that um, the documentary and I covered some of the, the parents uh, and interviewed them and one of the emergency room doctors. And I will never ever get over that article. I wrote, it took me forever to get through. And I, I don't know how those parents, like I am so impressed with how they've come to find perp- a new purpose in life after losing a child um, in the Newtown Sandy Hook shooting wow. and, and to have people in the United States, tell them, It's a false flag. It didn't really happen. Your child didn't exist. They didn't really die. Uh, They get those messages daily from people. All those conspiracy theorists.
0: Uh,
3: I
7: don't.
3: I hate those conspiracy theorists people so much. (laughs) Oh my god. I'm trying so hard to keep it in right now, but I hate them so much. You, I
7: understand. I understand. Can you imagine losing a child and then having these people, like, send you letters, tell you on Facebook? Like, it's insane. I'm like, who are these people? Like, how do they look themselves in the mirror and be like, this is okay? It's not okay. And, and the crazy thing is, like, do
3: you know the amount of coordination it would take to cover something like that up? You know what I mean? Like, you've been to huge events, you, you know, so you you've seen what, like, big scale coordination looks like for nobody to have proof or, you know, that it's all just sort of conspiracy to me. It's absolutely ridiculous.
7: Yeah, they do it with the Boston marathon. In fact, I'm friends with Adrian Hazlitt, who was um, one of the survivors. She lost her left leg um, from the, um, just below the knee down. And I did a major press package with her last year and I can't tell you the comments I had to remove on YouTube because they were atrocious. They were awful.
6: And I was like, yeah. here's
7: this woman who had her whole life altered just as a, you know, a, a part- no, just as a viewer. She wasn't, you know, participating in the marathon. She was watching and cheering everyone on. Um, her whole life is altered. She goes um, and, you know, is really working with Limbs for Life, working with other amputees. She ran the Boston Marathon last year. She's dancing again. And these people are telling me that she's a crisis actor. I'm like, are you kidding me? What? <laughs> That's crazy. And they're not saying, like, oh, she's a crisis actor. I mean, they're saying awful things and that she's a crisis actor. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Cool. just, Horrendous. It's, it's unbelievable.
7: Horrendous. When I was like, these are all Americans. These are not, like, random people from other countries yeah. that hate us. Wow, I know. that's.
1: Uh, right, so, uh, on onto like something. Uh, I, I don't ah, know. Which I
0: should,
1: yeah, I got. I think I'm going to choose the one. Uh, Nick just actually sent me a message, and I, and I'll ask you the question: Have you tried the Starbucks uh, Unicorn Frappuccino?
7: I have not. I don't drink coffee, so that kind of eliminates me from the Frappuccino um, customer, but also. My husband and I are doing whole 30. Do you guys know what that is? Where you can't like eat any sugar and no alcohol and no nothing fun. We're on that right now, too. So, yeah. So I'm like, I watch everyone on Instagram because I'm like, oh, I might have a sip of that even though I don't like coffee because I'm sure it's super sweet. And I'm like, I can't have any sugar. And that whole thing is like 76 grams of sugar or something like that. I'm missing out. I know.
1: Yeah, we're going nuts for this thing.
7: They're totally going nuts, and I think it's just because it's, like, pink and blue and sparkly. Let's be honest. And they're calling it a unicorn drink. I mean, who doesn't want a unicorn drink? Like, every girl wants a unicorn drink.
1: I'll tell you and, what. And the that thing is, is they
7: released it
3: for a very little amount of time. So, of course, everybody wants it before it goes away.
7: Exactly. They know exactly what they're doing at Starbucks. They know how to get everyone in. And paying a gazillion dollars for this unicorn frappuccino and for all of us to take pictures with it.
1: The marketing is genius.
7: (laughs) It's totally genius. You just know that everyone's like, unicorns. And then you have little unicorn emojis. I mean, it's perfect.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, Nick, will you try one?
3: No, um, like Kristen, I, I'm not a coffee person at all. Like the taste of it, just
0: nah. I'm I'm good.
7: Yeah.
3: I like a nice chai tea. That's my.
0: That's about my. That <laughs>
7: Nick, you and I need to go to Starbucks together. That's my drink <laughs> choice as well. <laughs> um, my daughter, my daughter really wants to try
3: one. But the thing is, man, like it. The venti is 500 calories it's got it's got fifty five percent of your daily saturated fat. <laughs> like it's it's a huge it's it's got a ton of cholesterol, it's got a ton of sugar, That you were right, seventy six grams of sugar. Which is I
0: mean oh my God.
3: damn.
7: Like, <laughs> That's a lot. It, I'm not I'm allowed to have it, like zero sugar right now. <laughs> I go into sugar she, shock. She, She
3: wants one really bad because, like you said, uh, what little girl doesn't want a unicorn
7: (laughs) that changes color
3: from pink and blue?
7: (laughs) Yep. They hit the market on the colors. I was like, yep, they got it. But um, luckily for me, every store
3: in Phoenix sold out within the first three hours. They're Amazing. completely out of it, and they. The, the news this morning said that every location has pulled in thousands of dollars in profit just from that drink, not from any of the other menu items. Just from that
0: one, it's
3: yeah, it's insane. They're gonna wait till you see what that be all end all, what they made off.
7: Oh yeah, anyone that owns Starbucks stock is gonna be really happy. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's gonna be man. a good
7: quarter, kids. A good quarter.
1: <laughs> well, the 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 one last thing I wanted to throw out there before we get into Dancing with the Stars, <clears throat> uh, Fast and the Furious Eight. Who the Furious
7: F eight. <laughs> uh, not F-8. the best one of the franchise. Uh, the most thing. True. The thing that I was most interested in out of all of this, honestly, was the boy fight. Was the Rock Yeah. And Vin Diesel and their little like boy fight, and you know they were like, "We're totally good, man. We're fine." Uh, but of course, you know, um, they didn't show up on the red carpet. They didn't take any photos together. Like they both showed up. Let me just came early. Vin Diesel came late. They never posed together in any group shot. Vin Diesel went to the after party. The Rock didn't. And I'm like, "You're telling me there's no fight?" Bullshit. Right. I was like, because if there's really uh, no fight you're going to sit there and make sure that you take those red carpet photos. Now they're both signed to the next fast and furious. Um, So they're going to have to find ways to either work together or all of their scenes will not be together at all.
3: You know what? I I hate to be sort of petty about it, but I almost feel like Ben Diesel kind of sees the writing on the wall. Like I think that the, the franchise is, Probably coming to a real end very soon. And The Rock is sort of, he's the next level of that franchise. He may very well get a spin off. And it may very well be bigger than anything that's come before it because this one was huge. You know what I mean? Like the Rock. Yeah. The well, Rock, no
0: one's
7: bigger he, than The Rock right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, he's the one that totally turned the franchise yeah. around and. Uh, elevated it, without a doubt.
7: Oh, yeah. I mean, he, if you look at Fast 8, it's, it's been, it's a, I mean, The Rock's movie. You're like, every time he's on screen, you're like, yes. Yes.
3: But if you look at it, uh, The Fast and the Furious number three starred Little Bow Wow. The Fast and the Furious eight, after The Rock came in, had an Academy Award winning actor.
7: <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah.
7: Yeah, I'll tell big you what. difference.
1: I thought it was, I, it was better than I was expecting. I, I really thought it was gonna be really bad, but it was it was a lot better than I expected. And, and I and I'm gonna give all the credit for that to um, Charlize Theron because the character she played was just an evil, twisted bitch. She really was.
0: <laughs> but she playing herself? I, <laughs> I, I think the one
3: thing that it had going for it is there were a lot of actors in it that have a lot of charisma. You know what I mean? Jason Statham mm-hmm. for an action star has a lot of charisma. The Rock has a lot of charisma. You know what yep. I mean? Like there, you, yep. it, it didn't matter what you were a fan of. There was somebody for you to you know, be on his side. It, it, they did a hell of a job
0: casting.
7: Oh, absolutely. And I always say, we've talked about this before, I'm like, I don't really love action films. If you have The Rock in something, I will buy a ticket. I will buy a ticket. I won't even go to a free press screening. I'll buy a ticket. I really just enjoy his work. I enjoy him. I enjoy his energy. Um, And, and, you know, here's the thing, too, in this this silly boy fight that I just think is hilarious. Um, When it comes to Vin Diesel, I don't hear the same stories that I hear about The Rock. Everyone that I know that's worked with The Rock has a positive thing to say. Always. I don't hear that same thing out of Vin Diesel. I don't hear a ton of negativity, but I don't hear... Um, That he's super warm, or that he's very accessible to the crew. You you want to be accessible to the crew. He he does like he's the guy that goes back to the trailer. He knows his lines, he hit his mark, and stuff like that. But he's not hanging out with the crew on set. The Rock is right. Just very different, and it's a different style of being a movie star. Um, And that's what it is. And the people that really understand how to be an A plus movie star are the ones that at the top forever. The George Clooney's, the Hugh Jackmans, the Meryl Street, Nicole Kidman, right. Michael Douglas and his wife, like they get it. They get it. Mm. There's, there's, Michael Douglas yeah, there's his wife is my
3: favorite person in the world.
7: Captain <laughs> Zeta Jones. <Yeah>. Captain <laughs> Zeta Jones.
0: Uh,
3: favorite
7: ever? Ever <laughs> ever. Oh, she's, funny. you know, she's actually very lovely to interview. She always, she and, and Nicole Kidman, sometimes, like, you look at them on the red carpet, and you're like, they look like ice princesses, um, and that you don't think they're going to be very warm. But they actually are really fun to interview.
3: You, you know, you're right about that. When, when you see them on the red carpet, they almost, there's a couple stars out there that give you that sort of old Hollywood glow, does that make sense if I say it that way? Mm -hmm. And and Mm -hmm. you're right, the the two of them definitely are are among the, well, especially Nicole Kidman, the thing I love about her though is that she's not, she's not like afraid to just do silly roles either, you know what I mean? Like she's in a new Justice
7: League (laughs) booth. You know what I mean? Like it's, I I don't know. She's okay getting dirty. Like she doesn't look like she'd be like the girl getting dirty, but she can get dirty. That's awesome. Yeah. Like you said, those she, are the ones that so stick around. At the top. It's so hard to stay at the top like that. It really is. It's, it's a job in and of itself. And I, I mean, and it sounds like crazy that I'm even saying that. And, but it's exhausting to be a big global movie star. And you see, I mean, look at how hard Tom Cruise tries. Um, and he's yeah. failed at certain points. He has failed at certain points in his career. And he realized, I got to go back to square one and do what was working So I can stay at the top because he likes to be there. He wants to be the world's biggest movie star. That's why he's doing like mission impossible 36 right now. (laughs) It's it's not really that, but you know, it's mission Impossible Uh six, but yeah. um, But it's one of those things. Like he knows that he can deliver as an action star, the myth of him doing his own stunts. Um, Right. Anyone that's worked with Tom Cruise on set will tell you he's the nicest guy. He knows you. He's the guy bringing in the the In-N-Out Burger truck and the cupcakes. And um, yes, you signed a non-disclosure agreement about Tom Cruise, but at the same time, you walked away feeling pretty warm and fuzzy about him.
3: Yeah, well, you know what the new uh, Mission Impossible movie needs, right? The Rock. The
7: Rock. The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Oh, if that happens, if that ever happens, I will go to the midnight screening, which I never do. I will I will stand in line <laughs> with everybody else.
3: <laughs> uh, you know it's funny because, um, I, and I'll try to make this real quick today. But um, I, I sometimes I participate in those like Facebook Live videos where you see like your favorite star from a show will answer questions and stuff. And um, I was on one. Her name is Claire Holt. She's a CW actress. And um, well, actually, now I think she moved on to NBC. But um, they were asking her if you could work with anybody in the business. Who could you know? Who would it be? And she dead straight looked at the camera. She's like. If you are watching this, The Rocks, call me. Yep. I'll work for free. <laughs> It'll change like, your career, wow. too. And, yeah. and he's
7: a game changer in your career. I don't care if it's like a stupid buddy comedy that you're like, oh, it's going to be dumb, or he plays the babysitter or the nanny, you know, or, he, or he's a cop secretly, like whatever those like, stupid movies are. Um, but it's a game changer. You know it's going to make a gazillion dollars. Kevin Hart would be another one I would align myself with. All of his movies make a ton of money. I don't care if it's a crap script. You know it's going to be a game changer in your career.
3: My 70 year old mother in law has watched that movie with The Rock and Kevin Hart a half a dozen times at least.
7: Exactly. That was. I mean, point taken. Like, people love Kevin Hart, people love The Rock. You put the two of them together, and I was like, that movie didn't get great reviews, but I was like, it's foolproof. There's no way they're not going to make money off of it. They're going to make a ton of money.
1: It's True. So, all uh, right, uh, before uh, our, our guest calls in, um, Gaten yes. with the Stars, who have we lost? Oh,
7: my goodness. Who have we lost? This week, I'm like, who did we lose this week? Like, my brain is just like, whatever. Um, we lost um, the Be- Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Erica Gerardi. And everyone's like, who, what? Um, She didn't really make (laughs) a a dent in um, the cast, honestly. And I think she stuck around for a couple extra weeks. Um, She's fabulous on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I don't really watch the show that much. But when she's on camera, she's great and she's funny and she's sarcastic. For some reason, um, it didn't come across on Dancing with the Stars. And also, with Dance with the Stars, the one key to really getting votes and enjoying the season, you honestly just have to let your guard down, and you have to be emotional. And if you're not willing to cry and, like, let people in, you'll get voted off. And, and I think that was her problem. Wow.
1: Now, how about last week? Who did we lose? Oh.
7: Good question. Mr. T. Mr. T. Oh. Oh, Mr. T.
1: We oh. lost Mr. T.
7: I know. I know. <laughs> See, I kind of had that switch. Like, I felt like we should have lost Erica the week we lost Mr. T, and then this would have been a good week to let Mr. T go. Because it's getting tough now. You know, it's getting to the harder rounds.
1: How, how was he uh, taking the news?
7: Oh, you know, he's a champ. You know, he's so good. And he's like, it was a blessing being here. I raised money for charity. I love everyone, everyone loved him. It was just a bummer.
1: I'm bummed out now. That bummed my whole night out. <laughs>
7: I know. Well, you I know. know, I,
3: I actually yeah. have a uh, Dancing with the Stars adjacent question for you.
7: <laughs> okay, I love it. Okay, so
3: I was I was reading this article this week, and it was about um, it was about celebrity weight loss and how Dancing with the Stars is the best diet in Hollywood.
7: It's <laughs> <laughs> True. People lose a ton of weight and very quickly. Um. You know, they tell you when you sign on for the show that it'll be rehearsals maybe for uh, when it gets harder, six hours a day. But honestly, if you're in it to win it, you're rehearsing up to eight hours a day. And that's eight hours of dancing. You're not going to be super hungry. Um, You know, when you do eat a meal, you're probably going to eat a lot. But at the same time, you burn so many calories that celebrities, especially men, because you guys always lose weight faster than we do, they the men i mean i think wardrobe must be like oh we got to take in your pants like another inch this week (laughs) it happens a lot but you see like sometimes you see girls that are already lean or thin by the end of the season if they make it all the way they are just like emaciated because they just can't keep weight on it's not like they're trying to lose weight it's just that they're doing so much dancing their body's just not holding on to any meal at that point
3: (laughs) i think the two that that i remember that stood out were um Gladys Knight and Kelly Osborne. They said they were both around like fifty or sixty pounds. That Ooh, it was a significant drop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
7: Kelly lost a ton. I do remember that. She and she, she was a good dancer too. So and she made it pretty far. So um if you think about that, you want to at least if you really wanted to use this as a weight loss program, you want to at least make it past the halfway mark. <laughs>
3: I remember Kelly Osborne. It was right after she left. She did a, like the cover of a, a bathing suit magazine. She—that's how good shape she was in afterwards.
7: Yeah, yeah. No, it was definitely. Everyone comments on it. They're just always like, "I'm so tiny now." I'm like, my old jeans fit. Everyone's really <laughs> happy when they leave Dancing with the Stars. But if you don't keep up that eight hours a day of exercise, guess what comes right back. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh yeah. I know that one.
7: <laughs> <laughs> we all do. <laughs> uh,
1: so all right, so where uh what do you got going on for the the upcoming week?
7: Um, there's a lot going on right now. All the Emmys for your considerations are going on, so every night is pretty much filled with um the stars of every TV show you can imagine from Modern Family. I'm going to one for Hairspray Live tomorrow. You know, they get trotted out on red carpets and panels and Q&As. And uh, the Paley Center has a whole exhibit of Hairspray Live sets. Um, so I'll be interviewing Kristen Chenoweth tomorrow. I'm really excited about that. But mm-hmm. it's, it's just one of those, like, they are trying to get the Emmy voters um, to vote for them for a nomination. The nominations won't be out until... July but this is like the big time where all the parties are and they wine and dine you and I'm in a weird position because I am a TV Academy member so I'm a voter but I'm also a reporter so it's like a really weird balance sometimes it's hard not to be like at an event be like oh my god I love your show so much I want to vote for you you can't really do that you can't like lose your cool (laughs) (laughs) let let me
3: ask you we're talking about awards and stuff uh, and TV here did you happen to see the uh the the Underground episode, the one-hour monologue?
7: I haven't seen it yet. Um, they are sending a screener, so I cannot wait to see it.
3: Oh, my. Aisha Hines as Harriet Tubman does a one-hour monologue, and it's one of the best hours of TV I've ever seen in my whole life.
7: Yeah, I heard it was incredible. This is the other, like, great perk of um, being a TV Academy member. DVDs show up in your door on a daily basis. So... <laughs>
0: It's like UPS,
7: FedEx. I know. He's like, what? To watch all this. Let's go.
1: (laughs) You know, I'm going to also, too, uh, um, I've been looking into still cutting the cord, and I think I found a way to do it, and I'm going to be starting the test pattern probably over the weekend.
7: Are you going to do Sling TV or YouTube TV, or what are you doing?
1: Both, I think I'm gonna do both. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't know nothing about the whole YouTube TV till the other day. Somebody told me about it, and and then I went to Nick. I said, "Yeah, what do you know about this?" And he's like, uh, "I think you need good internet, good streaming." And he thought I meant about yep. making video. <laughs> no,
7: and YouTube TV—it's the latest thing. I mean, I've got to tell you, the cable companies must be just like—I can't imagine what their corporate meetings are like. <laughs> we lost uh, another. Two hundred fifty thousand yeah. subscribers this month. I'll tell you what, though. As a guy who is not thinking
3: at all about cutting the board, if cable would just switch to channels on demand where you could pick the tier and the service and the specific yeah. channels you want, I would never leave. It's the yeah. fact that I have 85 channels that I've never watched. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the problem.
7: I needed I, I need some a la carte services honestly, which we've been able to do um, for us. It's been really good, especially like more and more like CW is now completely available for free as yeah. an app on Roku and Apple TV. Like everyone's starting to come around and realize. And, and I'm look, at, I'm honest. I'm like I have no problem. If you want me to watch eight commercials during the show, I'll do it. I can't promise you I'm sitting on the couch, but I'll let them run. You know? Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> I'll probably be doing the dishes at that moment, but um, and I'll come <laughs> back. But I understand that that's the price to pay for my free CW shows. I'm good with that. Right. Well,
3: now she's yeah. got me wondering which shows on the CW she watches. That's my oh, <laughs>
7: Crazy Ex-Girlfriends! I love Crazy oh, Ex-Girlfriends.
3: Okay. That's that like my right. absolute no. favorite. I'm a, the more angsty they are, the more I'm watching. <laughs> you
7: know, we we just binge watch on Netflix, which was a CW show. We just binge watch Gossip Girl, my poor husband. Because I'm like, uh-huh. my entire Netflix stream says teen TV. And I'm like, I know I'm not a teen, <laughs> but I love teen TV. And he's like, oh, God, what are you binge-watching now? And I'll be like, Gilmore Girls, Gossip Girl. We just watched The Bee in Apartment 23. I mean, uh-huh. I'm killing him right now.
3: Oh man, is the
7: the OC on your list? Uh, It is on my list, I have One Tree Hill on my list, there's a few that I still need to go through.
3: The
1: OC is only three
3: seasons, so that's a good one, because it's only three seasons. One Tree Hill is like ten, that's a commitment. Yeah, it's nine, I thought. I've sat through that seven
7: times now. Oh no. Yeah, my okay. husband's like, I'm so glad I got married. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, boy. All right, well, you know what? Uh, when we catch up next week, I hope to have an update on that whole situation for everybody. So, All
7: right, I can't wait to hear how it's going. It's hard at first. Cool. You'll get used
1: to it, though. Okay. I'll keep you all updated. Kristen, as always, right, thank you a, so much. Have a good week. You too, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, well, there she goes, Kristen Burt. Check her out. She's all over social media. She's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. Just look up Kristen Burt, K R I S T Y N B U R T T. That's K R I S T Y N B U R T T. And let's get right into it. He's been waiting patiently. Let's welcome to the show. Mr. Nick Douglas. What's going on there, Nick?
6: Hey, how you doing, Bay? How good, are you man. this evening?
1: I'm very good. Know, how I'm are good. you enjoying that conversation,
6: huh? Uh, well, sorry, say it again?
1: How are you enjoying that conversation?
6: I, I caught, like, the last few minutes of it, and uh was trying to sort of uh, assemble what was being talked about because I didn't hear it from the beginning. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, seemed pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I have to be honest with you, I didn't know if I was on hold or if I was put on some sort of infinite uh, listening uh, section, so I, I hung up and called back. <laughs> I didn't know exactly what to do, so excuse me for that, but uh, we made it. I'm here. Suddenly, I hear my name, and oh, I guess this is it, so <laughs> here we
1: are. Your time to shine is now.
6: Cool. <laughs> so so you're actually a, a Philly boy, yeah, well, South Jersey, but you know, Philly. It's it's sort of like uh, the uh, Philly proper, I would I guess you would say. But uh, yeah, I've lived all around Philly, South Jersey, most of my upbringing, and um, yeah, that's that's uh, where I'm sort of born and bred. That's awesome. Yeah, actually, you actually uh, too, huh? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I'm originally from uh, from Upper Darby, right by the Tower mm-hmm. Theater. I grew up, and now I'm yeah, living out uh cool. Still in Delco. Still in Delaware County uh, over by. I'm close to like the Delaware PA borderline. So, yeah. I'm still oh, out here. Long. Cool. Nice. Yeah. So you used to play uh, in Deadly Blessing. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Back in the 80s. Yeah. Deadly Blessing. Yeah. From South Jersey with uh, Tony, Tom, Wayne, and Ski. Yeah.
1: That's crazy. I, I always remember seeing, uh, seeing the Flyers everywhere as a teenager for Deadly Blessing.
6: Oh, we were good with the flyers. Yeah, we we. Uh, I was the one I helped. I helped design it, and then you know uh, Wayne helped print it because he worked at a print shop, and uh, we all had a hand in it. And, yeah, that was uh, that was the way to do it back then. Pass out the flyers anywhere and everywhere. <laughs> you
1: know, it, it, it's funny now because things would be so much easier now to design the flyers, and uh, it, like back yeah. in the day, I, I'm thinking to myself like it had to be so much harder back then.
6: It seems like it. At the time, it didn't seem hard because it was all we had, and it was kind of fun. You had to get, like, uh, you know, a vinyl lettering if you wanted to and, you know, it, or had good handwriting or whatever it was. You'd be more creative because, you know, it wasn't done – it was done – it was done physically. It wasn't done in a computer um, with, you know. So, uh, yeah, we uh, we had to use our imagination, and, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I like that kind of work. So, um, yeah. I had a good time with it. And I still do it from time to time. Actually I designed uh I designed my album cover and stuff, so I still oh, kinda dabble in that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I didn't make the painting. I had a, a a guy from the Netherlands, an artist from the Netherlands, did that. But as far as the layout and arrangement, I pretty much put it together. And oh, uh cool. yeah, it's fun. That's awesome. Now actually last night
1: I was talking to uh talked to uh John Karabi and um mm-hmm. Another Philly boy, and I was saying to him how um, if him and Doug Aldrich knew each other back from their Philly days before they ended up getting out to L.A., and now all these years later, they're playing together.
6: So what, right. was it, what
1: kind of thing with you and, and Johnny, before you guys hooked up with Dora, did you guys know each other back in the Philly scene at all? Or
6: Actually, a funny thing, I never met John until he came and auditioned for Dora, and we're both from the same general area. And it just, just turned out to be that, uh, like, we've been in the same room, we've been in the same clubs, but we never actually met face-to-face until the day he came into the audition room. So, uh, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, it was kinda, we knew of each other, but we never actually got to meet until then. And uh, we've pretty much been inseparable since <laughs> 20, uh, what is that now, 27, 26 years, 25 years. long exactly Wow.
1: That see, stuff like that. I mean, even like with the with the Karabi Audras thing. I mean, that's truly like, you know. I mean, here you got yeah. two Philly uh, boys, uh, especially in your case, hooking up with uh, a band based out of Germany, and you're playing yeah. there. So that's wild.
6: Yeah, I have a little funny quick story uh, that sort of goes along that line. Is uh, we played a, a festival in Sweden called. Skogs Royette, I don't know if you can pronounce it, Skogs Royette Festival, and at this festival there must have been about 12 or 15 Philly players there, it was the Dead Daisies with Karabi and um, and Doug Albrich. the Hooters played, and we oh, wow. played, you know, Johnny and I with Doro. so we just had this big Philly photo at one time, oh, and, that's uh, awesome. it was kind of neat,
1: yeah. It's a, It's amazing how, like, uh all these Philly guys from the scene who have, uh, you know, made it through and still uh, going at it and, you know, got that, they got that musical career going all these years later.
6: Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's fortunate that that we still can, you know, and it's uh, not so easy to keep going, but uh, you work at it and work at it and opportunities arise and we're just, here we are still at it. So it's a great thing. I hope it can just keep on going as long as it can.
1: Right on. Yeah. <laughs> Now, what, was your, uh, day, what was your favorite club in Philly? Uh,
6: I liked the Empire a lot. I thought it, I thought it had a great sound in there. Every time you go see a band, it always just sounded really good. Every you know, everywhere had its quality, but I just remember really, you know, looking forward to going to shows there. Uh, that was Northeast Philadelphia. And, uh, yep. Yeah, I see. Yeah, you remember was, that, right? Remember that one?
1: I, yeah, I was there for the uh, All Age's Sunday
6: shows. Those classic shows. Right. Oh yeah, I was probably a little a little too young for any other night. So I think I was it was. <laughs> I think I was there most of the time. Yeah, most Sundays. That's That's right. awesome. There'd be such long lines outside of that club. Yeah, we waiting long lines. Yeah.
1: I wish it was still like hmm. that today.
6: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, times change.
1: Now, being the fact that you um, you know you're over in Europe, mostly playing,
6: uh, mm-hmm. and, and
1: I ask this question a lot to people, and I'm I'm searching for the eternal answer, and maybe you can help wow. shed some light. What do you think is the true reason why the 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 hard rock and metal is so much more accepted and supported hmm. in Europe than here in the States?
6: Yeah, from my view, what I've seen and I've observed. I get this impression it see, first let me preface by saying it's really hard to generalize any one area because you've got a little bit of everything everywhere. But okay. being from America, being from Philly and going over there and noticing any contrast, what I can derive from that is that I sense this um this uh this loyalty that, that I that seems to happen um which is very prevalent there, like say you know Dorals in Germany, so all through the nineties when metal wasn't as big as it was in the eighties, we still went out and toured and toured and toured and played, and it was just there was just this consistency of of loyalty with her fans that I see in a lot of the other bands out there, a lot of the other apps. If you go to one of these big festivals, like the Bakken Festival every year they have it in the first usually the first weekend in August, you just see just you know it's i don't know 75 85, people and they're just it's very consistent it's a very consistent crowd it doesn't matter what you know who it is that there's fans for everyone and if they like you they'll stick with you i just i right. i get that i sense that and i see that firsthand and uh I, I don't know why it is like that but um yeah they they just seem to, to to hang on to you and you just you're good to them and they're good to you you know and that's just been a real blessing for us to uh, to have it, to have the consistency, and for Doral to have the the thirty plus years uh, career she's had, and, and you know right. we all we all benefit from that. And she's she's a, just a, a kind hearted soul, and people love her, and she loves her fans, and it's just it's great. It's a great exchange. It's great to go anywhere where we go and just feel very welcomed because of you know, because she's just so, she's so loved and it's just, it's yeah. great to see. It's a great thing to witness. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: I, you know, and that, like that word that you said, loyalty, I, that's the one, yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. Like there's not as much loyalty here in the States with music as there used to be. Like in the eighties, you had that, but yeah, it was like after like the whole grunge thing happened, it, it, like the loyalty to the fanship died. Mm.
6: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can observe that I can also see that a little bit in Europe too as well, but like I said it's very hard to to make a common um statement about any particular place because it's, it's it's varied everywhere you go, but that's that's definitely a noticeable thing about Europe. And I think I think there's a there's a lot there's so much to offer musically here in the states as as well as Europe but it, it's and things come at us so quickly that um, you know we're we're constantly our eyes and our, our ears are being caught by so many different things so you know it it is just such a such a huge variety here that um, that just that you can't help but to just. Um, get in and just have your eye caught by this and that, you know, and just and just sort of follow this. It's it's like going on YouTube and you watch one video of some band you like, and then you see in the uh, in the column, you know, oh, oh let me check that video, and it just sort of keeps going and branching off into to other things. It's just uh, I don't know, I guess it's something like that, right? Yeah.
1: Now, did I see you also do voice acting too?
6: Uh, yeah, I started uh, a couple of years ago I, I, I narrated an audio book I did some station IDs before that But um, uh, I was asked to uh, I have a friend of mine who's, Who was a professor um, up here at, uh, at East Strasbourg University who written some novels in the 70s and 80s And asked if I would uh, consider um, voicing them And I said, yeah, sure, no problem And uh, it, it was a, a bit more work than I imagined And I had to and I took acting lessons in the 90s, and I just kind of pulled from that and just sort of put it all together and just did this, this one um, series of short stories for him, this novel. And, um, and yeah, I just had fun with it, and I, I let him hear it. I did all the editing myself and everything. I sent, sent him some samples, and he, and he liked it. So I just went on and finished it, and, and uh, yeah, now it's up for sale everywhere, you yeah, know, audible.com. And uh, it's called *The Bleeding Man* and other science fiction stories. So it's uh, it's six uh, short stories uh, of the science fiction nature, and also mixed in, blended with Native American themes too. So it's a real interesting uh, blend, wow. and uh, it was really fun to do. I'm actually working on another book right now. Should uh, should be done uh, within the next few months or so. But um, yeah, it's what? fun.
1: Like it, it, it would be it sounds like it would be cool. Like if you're reading something that would interest you, but whatever happens, you get stuck reading a book. Like you just have no interest in. I'd be <laughs> <making> oh <it. laughs>
6: wow yeah well I mean I guess I guess what I'd have to do is just sort of try it first and and see if I can get if I could find my place in it and if I if not if I really feel like I couldn't I would just have to say to the author or whoever said look there's someone who can do this better than me I'm just not catching the vibe and just sort of you know renegotiate it you know but i think i would always want to give it a shot before committing anyway i always want to give it a, a test run you know and, and just to make sure and then um you know and then if it say the first chapter goes well and it seems to pick up momentum and I, i'm kind of getting the picture of it then i just i roll with it but uh it's yeah it's just my second book now so i haven't had thankfully i haven't had to run into that kind of a predicament yet but uh yeah, I've done it I'd like to do it more often. It was really fun. it's really fun to do and it, you know, you get to use different voices and different characters. It's yeah, it's a fun it's a fun thing. Okay. Enjoy it.
1: Cool. So, alright, so the the new uh I a new solo album called Regenerations. Um Yeah. It's really, uh, it's actually your second solo album, and it's been what like 15, 16 years since your first one.
6: Yeah, I've been busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been uh, you know, I've been, well, you know, been busy with Doro and stuff and really active with her and, and other things and playing for other artists and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I've just been writing in the meantime, in the interim, between tours and stuff. And, um, it just, it, you know, it just took, it just took a long time to, for me to get to it, get it to a point where I'm like, you know, this is, this is good enough to release. I like it. And it just, and that was it. This, this was the year. I just did it. <laughs> um, So yeah, I was learning a lot along the way too, as far as everything, writing, arranging, recording, engineering, all the technicals of it. And I just got more and more interested in it. I decided I wanted to, to do most of it myself. And and it's not something I would always recommend because it is a huge undertaking and you can very easily lose perspective, but I, I was sort of determined and, uh, I went through with it, but, uh,
1: Yeah, 16 years. It was something that that you, you did want to do. You just didn't have time to really do it
6: yeah oh yeah i've always wanted to do it i've always i i thought it would be done in 2004 or 2005 but it's just one thing led to another and then i was you know maybe i was out on the road i was traveling then i would come home and tell it you know oh i have a better song idea i have a bit you know and i felt like i was constantly discovering new things and wanting to try them and and you know attempting to improve upon things and uh yeah, and it just kept building and building into something until finally it was at a point where I thought, now I, now it feels right. So some of the songs, the first song I wrote called You Break was written in 2001, uh, right after I released the first album. And, uh, and the last song was written um, summer and fall of last year, and it uh, was the last song to go. So it's a, quite a span in between.
1: I'll tell you what—it's funny you said you break because I had that one written down. Like when I listened to the album earlier, that was the one that really jumped
6: out at me. Oh, cool! Yeah, thanks.
1: Now and like it's it's uh it's not I mean if you're like a a Duro fan, it's not like it's not a metal album at all.
6: No, no, it's not. It's just just the way it came out, you know. I'm influenced by so many different things and just I just love music in general. I like great lyrics. I grew up on like Pink Floyd and a lot of British rock from the seventies and uh so I'm sure that there's a lot of uh lot of influence there in it but uh, yeah it just it just came out the way it came out I didn't want, I didn't want to force it into any genre because i th- I thought it would feel forced or maybe insincere. I just let right. it just sort of. Pour out naturally and uh, yeah, and that's the way it came out <laughs> you know,
1: it's funny because um, I, I was saying to my co-host uh, Nick before we uh, who went live when I was telling about the album um, there was an artist that gone on the show a few times and she just put out some new music and she kind of like went a different direction and she was calling mm-hmm. it uh, cinematic pop where it's almost like oh, wow. a picture um, like movies in your head going along with her music and I was saying to him like this is like cinematic rock because it was it was like the real same vibe with more of a rock and roll edge to it so it was just that's what I was like really getting when I was listening to your album
6: oh cool thanks you know it's it's funny other people have mentioned the same thing that so generally the same idea where like oh I hear this in a movie or something actually uh the song all on me was featured in a in a and a film, a short, uh, uh, a local film that was made uh, up in the Poconos in Pennsylvania. And it was, okay. uh, it was in the end credits of the film. And, uh, yeah, so uh, I, I love the idea. I've always really been fascinated with the idea of marrying picture and, and sound and how one influences the other you know especially when you when you watch a film and if you turn down the sound or take away the, the music and you can see you can sort of you can see what's going on but it's so much drier and then you add, this, yeah. you add you add this music this underscore to it that just kind of uh, adds another you know i don't know 20 30 40% of the of the film is just enhanced more, yeah. you know, just more vibrant because of it. It's really so suggestive, so influential, and I just was always really intrigued by that.
1: There's been, yeah, like yeah. so many songs that like I probably uh, didn't like, or some songs I even hated until like mm-hmm. they were used in a movie, and you're just seeing mm-hmm. it go along with the movie, and you just end up liking it so much. It was like because now you're like visualizing it, and it just put a whole new. Uh, emphasis on everything with it with the song so yeah
6: right yeah it's as, it's as if one helped the other you know there's just there's this there's that marriage there that just whoever when they, they made the film decided that this music would work for this scene and just and you get it and you watch it and just and it just clicks with you i think i think that's amazing how people can do yeah. that that's that's um, that's a real skill in itself
1: now you did um for your first single and uh, video for "Come Alive." Now, speaking of movies, you did like a, a what's it, the, the mystery science theater type vibe to it at some point. It?
6: <laughs> you know, it does look like that. I didn't even think of that before. Yeah, it kind of does look like that. Yeah, yeah. I got a group of my friends together, and we had a and we had access to uh, the Sherman Theater in Stroudsburg, okay. Pennsylvania. It's an excellent venue to see shows. And we fashioned it sort of into being a cinema, and um, yeah, we sort of sort of played it off like a, a group of friends got together to watch a movie, and um, it does have that angle. <laughs> it's funny to say that, yeah,
1: that's cool. Now, what, what yeah, uh, what's was
6: that song about? Uh, sorry, say it again.
1: What's that song about? Come alive.
6: Um, it, it's uh, it was first. The first uh, bits of ideas came when I saw a lecture last summer. Um, a woman who was in um, on a Greek island, uh, helping, volunteering to let refugees come in uh, from, I think from Turkey, or I'm actually not sure where. But you know, she was there firsthand helping, you know, boatloads of people come into the country and, and trying to help them. And, get them medical care and feeding them. And just she's just telling the story of what she's seen and what she's experienced for the weeks that she's been a volunteer. It was so moving and so amazing to hear, like, wow, just to hear it firsthand from someone who's been there. And then, you know, this was sort of swimming around in me for a couple of weeks, and then some lyrics kind of came about after that. And and I started writing some verses sort of pertaining to the idea but as time went on, I wanted to broaden it a little bit and and sort of suggest that, um, you know, you can do it if you really want it bad enough. So if there's something you want out of life uh, and you're determined enough, you can make it happen. And, you know, even if it looks absolutely impossible, you know, don't give up. It really comes down to three words, don't give up. And um, so I just wanted to sort of broaden the idea to for anyone to catch, you know, if anyone just feels like they need a little uh pep talk or lift or something, I'm hoping that, that 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 could that could be the little thing that does it, you know. So uh come alive is basically just just hey, you know, saying wake up, stand up, you failed, get back up and try again. You fail, you get back up and try again. Don't give up. It's just basically about that. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. And the tune itself is just awesome. Like when I, when I heard oh, it, I was, I heard, I was like, I, I was like, this was not what I was expecting at all. I was like, this is freaking awesome.
6: Oh, thanks man. Thank you. Yeah. That was uh, funny. Cause I had, I had another song in, in the, in place of the first song, the title track for the album, it was ready to go. And then I ended up giving away the song to someone else. And, um, and I had to write something else. And I was talking with the label about it. It's like, wow, well, they wanted to have it delivered at the end of the year. So it was the first time in my life where I had to, I had a time limit on, uh, you know, I had the last 15 years to sort of, you know, take my take my time with these songs, but this one had to be done very quickly. And I just said, yeah, I just said, uh, I said yes. And I asked questions later. <laughs> I just went for it. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it just, you know, worked out. I was just remember sitting in a hotel. Uh, we were in Italy at the time with Doral and, uh, the lyrics, like I said, I, I saw that lecture and the at first came the lyrics and then some musical ideas, some chords. And then just, I sat there with my laptop and started assembling an arrangement for it. And uh, yeah, a couple of months later, uh, Thankfully I, I had something and I was I was I decided to put it on the on the album for track one and there we have it. So nice. Yeah, it's
1: now, a challenge you doing, I like, was up for Will you be putting a band together and doing any shows with this? to play these tunes?
5: Yeah, I'm
6: just talking talking with some guys now about about doing that. well in, in Europe uh I may use the guys in the Doral band. Uh, we might have something uh for the summer. We're we're talking about where we can do it and and when we can do it and sort of work it around outside of the Doral schedule. And uh maybe here in the US I've also uh talked some local guys that uh that might be able to you know to uh to be there for a couple of shows. We're talking about in July maybe uh it's still just all um in the talks right now but uh, I think it's going to come together yeah we're going to get together and jam soon and see how it goes and uh yeah looking forward to the summer having at least one or two shows uh on east on either side of the atlantic so cool looking forward to finally doing that
1: yeah well uh let me know if you're looking to do a show in philly cuz I'm doing shows here so. yeah sure Good. yeah that
6: was one of the cities we were we were uh are getting to maybe to do a show so
1: cool cool yeah it would be awesome very very cool yeah. so I, I guess you're calling the stroudsburg area's home now for you
6: uh actually lehigh valley yeah bethlehem just south of uh just how just south of the poconos stroudsburg but um i spend a lot of time up there and stuff i do i work uh work at a studio up there sometimes and uh but now i also have a home studio here at home and i do a lot of work out of this but uh, yeah i'm between both both areas quite often. I live here in in the Lehigh Valley, but uh, I'm in Stroudsburg uh, a couple of times a week at least.
1: Uh, uh, like with another, the, but... with the whole uh, you know uh, being with Duro you now, you have to like get a place over there as well, or. <laughs>
6: Uh, yeah, uh, well, I mean, when we, uh, when we come over, um, there's usually like a, you know, a cluster of shows that we'll do, whether it's a tour where we get on a bus and we go, or maybe it's just in the summer, for example, it's, it's a lot of festivals, which, uh, which mostly fall on weekends. So we'll, we'll come over, you know, maybe just stay in a hotel for a few weeks. And then on the weekends, uh, you know, leave and go and, and do some festival shows or some headlining shows and then come back and just have some days off in, uh, in the Dusseldorf area, which is where Doro's from. And it's beautiful there. You know, it's like a second home to us. We've been doing it so long and it's just, we have friends there and uh, yeah. So we used to have, uh, we used to rent apartments and stuff and that was cool. But uh last few years we've been doing, uh, we've been doing a hotel in Dusseldorf and that's uh, been working out great. Yeah. Cool.
1: Very, very, very cool. Cool. Very awesome. Well, Nick, I want to thank you for uh, for calling in. And like I said, uh, I'm hey, loving the album. I'm going to play, uh, uh, play the chinks.
6: Thank I'm you alive. so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for, for the time. Thanks for yeah, having me on. It's a real pleasure. Absolutely. It was good to talk to you.
1: Yeah, you too, man. And uh, yeah, like uh, let, let me know if uh, we can make Philly happen. That would be awesome.
6: Absolutely, Bay. Absolutely. I'll let you know as soon as we get something sorted out. I'll give you. A, I'll give you. I'll get in touch with you on Facebook, or I'll give you a call, or something.
1: Absolutely. Cool. Cool. Nick, thanks so much. And I'm gonna play uh, "Come Alive" for everybody. So let's uh, let me get this queued up, and I'll play it for everybody and show the world how good this tune is. Uh, oh,
6: thank you. Thanks, <laughs> Bay. Thanks, buddy.
1: All right, man. Take care, Nick.
6: All right. You too. Take care. Peace to you. Cheers. See ya. Bye bye. All right. Here he is.
1: Nick Douglas, come alive.
0: forget we'll the tolling bell, the effigy of one black girl. It's hard to say, oh get away, but we can. generation's running free We never heard the words That told us we can't live the life We came for now Forever change forever more A thousand open doors God bless the rising sun We can I'm listening to
1: There it is. Come alive, Nick Douglas. What a freaking tune. Love it. I, I can't I I'm like I can't wait to freaking play it again. Like I'm uh, on my way to work now in the morning. So so I I gotta ask you, Nick, Mr. Wilkinson, what did you think?
3: I think that you probably owe the band money for the quality of sound that just came out of that mission. Because I couldn't hear anything. It was, I i, I think Jimmy kind of heard it too, but it was like all over the place. <laughs>
0: really? Yeah. Oh. Ah. Yeah,
4: are you there?
0: You.
1: Yeah, Janetti's there.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, man. Janetti,
0: nice yeah? <gasps>
1: He's muted. He's got to be muted.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: See I, I did the I did the YouTube thing. It worked so good for us when we did the countdown last time and
3: It really did. Yeah. Wow. But I I, but I have yeah. it up on my YouTube. I'm going to listen to it too.
1: Uh, oh, it's so good, dude. It's so good. I'm bummed out
2: now. <laughs> Damn! Oh man! Wow! All
4: right.
1: Well,
3: <laughs> I just killed the whole vibe yeah. of the show. <laughs> uh, dude, dude,
1: I was I was jamming out to that freaking t- I fucking love that tune.
3: All right, I my mind. dude. It was awesome. <laughs> wow! Well, you're not buying
1: it. <laughs> that sucks. And you know what's even worse? He was on there the whole time listening to it. So I wonder if he heard it.
3: Shit. Maybe it was my connection, man. But I, I, I thought I heard Jimmy say something in the background because it was cutting in and out. That's up. Maybe it was my connection. My connection sucks sometimes.
1: Maybe it was him saying it sounds like shit. Well, I
3: wouldn't want to say that, but. <laughs>
1: Oh, man.
3: It'll sound better in the replay.
1: It always does.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow. You you know what's fucked up, too? I actually, it's going on two weeks. Two weeks ago, I went and bought a new computer, finally. Like, I bought, like, this fucking, uh, you know, this hyperspace hot-wired, fucking solid-state thing, this (laughs) top-of-the-line fucking thing. And I haven't even opened the box yet.
0: Really?
3: (laughs) See, dude, that's what you need my new business for. Because you could call me up and be like, yo, I need someone to set up my computer. So all I have to do is sit down and use it. I'll be like, all right, that'll take me two hours.
1: And And then I I need need you to do all types of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) You need to just be here.
3: I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to be everybody's personal assistant.
1: Well, uh, hello, help! Like I'm waving <laughs> a fucking flag over here. Like.
3: I don't know the mileage from here to your house is going to be tough, though.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, just... <laughs> <sighs> All right. So let's do that Some change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's. Uh, let's try to find. Genetti. First of all, and let's um let's take a commercial break. So uh let's pay the bills come back and we'll do a whole bunch of talking. So in the meantime, uh don't go
2: away. Hi, this is Donnie Most and you're listening to Totally Driven Radio. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215 288 7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our wacky stores page on Facebook.
0: Hello, everyone. This is Ling. You're listening to the totally driven video. Oh, let me see again, radio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> everyone, uh, totally driven, right? Yes Totally driven, totally, totally driving crazy, hold on, okay <laughs> Hello everyone, okay, ready? Go ahead Hello everyone, this is Biling You're listening to the Totally Driven Radio. <laughs> I can do it, <laughs> you
1: don't see why Ah, <laughs> uh, Biling, I'll be seeing her tomorrow, Nick
3: Really?
1: Yeah. Show her theater. Starts tomorrow. Oh,
3: really? So she's, I, uh, what, she's on the guest list?
1: She's uh one of the guests. Ooh. So I'm going to stop by and say hi to her, which actually I'm going to shoot her an email right now and warn her. Um, uh, also I'm pulling there, up the
3: guest list as we're speaking, uh, so I can oh, look at uh, it while you're talking.
1: Go ahead. I, I want you to I want you to pull it up. I, I I want to hear your reaction. All
3: right, all right, all right. The first thing I see is a Fright Night reunion.
6: That's pretty cool. No, thank
3: you. you you wouldn't have, see, you you wouldn't go to stuff like that, right?
1: I I have no interest in Fright Night.
3: Well, okay, I I'll give you that. I don't really have much interest. Bright night either. I would totally go to the Perfect Strangers reunion though.
1: You know what? If I had money to blow, I probably would too.
3: That's it's their first convention appearance together. Right. That's. I would definitely, definitely go to that. George Hamilton. Oh, Shannon Elizabeth. Oh, I couldn't go to that because she would end up married to me.
1: Yeah, oh. George Hamilton. Is is uh, definitely on the list.
3: Seven um, Elizabeth hot though, dude! Oh my god! Oh, uh, Dean Kane.
1: I'm I'm going. I the my big one is Mina Suvari.
3: Listen, I want you to get a picture of you giving Dean Kane the middle finger.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: I am so, so I. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm, I, I, I
1: got it. I'm gonna have him hold a sign up. Hey, Nick, fuck you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if I,
3: oh my god, <laughs> you know what? If he did that, I might change my mind about him. <laughs> you know what? I'm
1: I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna you watch. You watch.
0: Oh, that's great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but go, go back to Mina Savari. Like, I didn't. I just oh. noticed. this as, because uh, I was going through the list with uh, Rita earlier to see who's all there.
0: Yeah.
1: Look at her list of credits next to her. American Beauty, American Pie, American Pie Reunion, American Horror Story. Does she do anything without American in the title?
0: <laughs> well,
3: I, I think it goes to that whole, like, all-American girl thing that she's throwing out there. You know what I mean? Like, she's what... Boys in America want. You know what I'm saying? Like, now that's interesting. I didn't know that you were a, a, a fan.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. I think she is just. Wow.
3: Oh wow, I did not know yeah. that. Now, did you get a chance to see her series South of Hell? No. Oh, man, it's only eight episodes long, but it is uh, some sexy shit. (laughs) It's about demons and sex. That's all it's about, dude. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think she's doing, like, a new show now. Um, American Woman. It's called. No way. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: (laughs) Another American show.
1: Yeah, I swear to God.
3: Oh, that's funny. It looks like it stars her and Alicia Silverstone. I'm really? already in, so. <laughs> oh,
1: uh, man. But you, you, your boy's going to be there. Uh, the dude who uh, was supposed to be on TV Nation years ago and no showed you. The hammer.
3: Oh, yeah, I know. Every time I see him, I just give him a mental middle finger. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a lot of Walking Dead people, and and I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I'm so over The Walking Dead.
1: Some people are just so so about it. Richard (laughs) (laughs) Grieco. Flavor, flavor.
0: Oh
3: man! Flavor flame that's funny, man. Let's see who else do we got that's really who can't uh someone cancel yeah
1: it's sold the stars I mean, that would have been
3: starsky I was Grand gran to. is gonna be there yeah, I see a picture of Bay's future <laughs> yeah no I'm not interested in that one i I've
1: seen the the I mean, the cars are always at uh, the shows anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh,
3: wow. Yeah, see, I just don't, I don't go to those. There's our buddy, Dennis O'Hare.
1: Yeah, Dennis O'Hare. What's his name there, too? Um. Yeah, Raul.
3: Yeah? Uh, the, the Raul. kid from True Blood. That was her yeah. son, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. That's great. Damn it! Just keeps going to the list.
1: Oh yeah, dude.
3: Pete and Pete, (laughs) both Pete's are going to be there. Yeah, both peeps. Oh wow, that's that's pretty crazy, man. I mean, that's if you have. I mean, for anybody out there listening, if you haven't been on here, I mean, it just goes and goes and goes like. What we just named was like the tip of the iceberg as far as guests go.
1: Oh, I know, it's crazy.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's nuts. Damn. Tom Berenger. I mean, there's, there's some, there's some nice names on here, man. Tom Savini. That's a pretty cool one. He was just in this season of uh, From Dust Till Dawn.
1: Yeah, and, it, you know, it, it's it's scary. Like, you, you look at that now. Um, uh, Wizard World. Like, how small their guest list is.
3: Are they still outrageously priced?
1: Uh, you, dude, like, I'm, I'm trying to pull it up. Man. I'm looped up. But their guest list is so small now. It's amazing. So I don't know what the prices are like. And the star names, like, going into last weekend, the biggest name on there was Gene Simmons. Oh, wow. But then they added Charlie Sheen.
3: No, and that's – I didn't know he even did that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, that is a pretty crazy uh, get for them.
1: Yeah, he he just Like must have just now, signed a deal with them or something.
3: Now we have uh, Memorial Day weekend coming up at Phoenix Comic Con, and we have a you- uh, we have a hell of a lot of guests on on, on our little Comic Con this year. Um, just real quick, uh, I'll let you know we got the uh, the chick that played Clara and Doctor Who. Uh, we have Hawkman and Hawk Hawkgirl, uh, Machete, That's... Rip Hunter from uh, Legends of Tomorrow, uh, Michael Rosenbaum, who played Lex Luthor in Smallville, Gabriel Luna, who's in Star Wars, and he played uh, Ghost Rider on Agents of Steel. Um, Damian Dark's going to be there. Um, the Punisher's going to be there. Daredevil's going to be there. Uh, Foggy Wilson's nice. going to be there. Uh, Jay Garrick's going to be there. Um, the chick from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Melinda May, is going to be there. Two girls from Harry Potter are going to be there. Uh, just, I mean, a ton, a ton, a ton. Uh, Hawkman and Hawkwoman, did I say that? And your buddy, yeah. uh, Vic, Vic Mignona. Vic, yeah. Yeah, Mignona,
1: yeah, he's going to be whatever.
3: there as well. Uh, Curtis Armstrong from Revenge of the Nerds, Booger.
1: Now who's this Michael Rosenbaum? Who's he?
3: Michael Rose Michael Rosenbaum, he played Lex Luthor on Smallville and he's done the voice of the Flash in almost okay. any animated version.
1: Yeah, I'm scrolling down now. Anthony Michael. Yeah,
3: Damien Doc's is a good one, up. dude. Yeah. Are you gonna go? I am. Yeah. I originally I wasn't and then as the list kept progressing, I was like, dude, there's there's a couple that I just uh you can get a picture with the Punisher and Daredevil. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, come on, dude. That's oh, awesome. Come on.
3: Um and just so many others, uh Ginny Weasley from Harry Potter for those of us that are Harry Potter fans. Um if you scroll down, dude, um down, 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 almost to the end, there's a girl there, her name is Rachel Sikarsten, and um, if I can get an autographed picture of her, it would be an awesome replacement for the Batgirl picture that you got me that I lost in the fire, because she played the Black Canary in the same show.
1: Oh, okay.
3: So I'm going to tell her the story, I'm going to be like, my buddy got me, you know, an autographed picture and it was Batgirl, and We had a house fire and I lost it, so I'm hoping that I can get her to sign a Black Canary picture for me.
1: Oh, that would be awesome.
3: That'd be a cool replacement, right? I mean... Absolutely. Because who knows when I'm going to run into Dina Meyer again. (laughs) You know what? I mean, that was, you know, the luck of Philly. I don't know. There's some people from Once Upon a Time on here as well.
1: That's a good one.
3: Yeah, and yeah, there's still good
1: to go. So, I mean, they'll probably um, add more.
3: I would hope that uh, Manu Bennett would come back. I, I think that's one. If I, Like, I really value the story that I have to tell about the John Barrowman one, but I think I would have liked the Manu Bennett one the best if I could have got it.
1: All right, you brought it up. How fucking good does that Arrow video, the, the premiere of the, you know, the preview for the next so many episodes? Nice five episodes I mean, it had,
3: it had everything in it. Like, it had Malcolm Merlin. It had the sisters going at it. It had Mr. Terrific like we've never seen him before. It had it had Slade. <laughs> We didn't even have to see him to know that it was him, uh,
1: dude. I mean, just the, that scene alone—like when that happened—like the chills that came over my body.
3: When he said, "When he calls him kid," I get shivers every time. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah. Oh, it was so good. So fucking good. I can't wait.
3: Honestly, dude. There's. a <laughs> We're living in like the best time in the world because there's still so many comic book stuff coming out. I'm so excited for Cloak and Dagger, for Thor three, for Guardians of the Galaxy. So much stuff.
1: You know what? You um, saw the uh, the what's the name? Like the preview and all for Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm I'm not feeling it, man.
3: Uh, See, Mantis is one of my favorite characters, and I didn't know she was going to be in this one, so I'm super excited about that alone. But, yeah, I mean, how did you feel about the first one?
1: You know what? Like, I I didn't care about it, and then I saw it, and I really enjoyed it.
3: I think you'll enjoy it, but I, I get the, like, just not really feeling it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I kind of felt the same way about the last Jedi trailer. Everybody was freaking out, and I was just
6: like, yeah.
2: I can't wait. Yeah, buddy. There's so much cool stuff just
3: just right around the bed. <laughs> I'm telling you, did you hear? Did you hear what I said? Right, Nicole Kidman is in. Uh, I, I don't. I I know she's in Justice League, and I think she's in the Aquaman movie as well. She's like the the, the queen that sleeps with the human and has Aquaman.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not feeling that at all. I I got to tell you, the whole Justice League thing. I'm not feeling it at all. I,
3: it's it's easy to get like bogged down in like what's wrong with it because there's a lot wrong with it, but I I don't know, dude. I'm just trying to watch it for what it is and like enjoy the fact that I at least get to see these people on the screen. You know what I mean?
1: Right. I I I don't like um, Flash's costume at all. At all, he looks like he should be playing fucking. Uh, 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 what's your name? What, what was that? Um, roller Derby.
3: I, I know it's what you is, mean. It's like armor. It's yeah. his
5: Injustice.
3: Is that what it is? Is that what it is?
5: Yeah. The Injustice oh, yeah. series that they did, Injustice, Gods Among Us, the video game series, they turned it into a comic book. That's his armor in the uh, the other... Universe, whatever I guess it is. I
0: so. mean, I think at this
3: point, haven't we proven that a traditional flash costume can
5: work? Yeah, but if yeah, you yeah. look at most of those costumes, even Batman's costume is more armor-like, and how they were working yeah. on the and uh, the cowl for for matching like uh, uh, the uh, Owlman from. Uh,
3: Now the one thing I did notice is that Superman's his costume kind of came off to me as like royal, you know what I mean? Like almost like he was wearing a cape and a crown, you know?
5: Mm. -hmm. They're trying to put him over, is that? So is that what they're doing? I guess. Yeah. The they. They tried to even in the Batman versus Superman movie they had him more as uh, as the god character, you know. Yeah, that uh, yeah that movie.
0: <laughs> well, yeah.
3: I try to look at it and though and just be like, look, man, at least we got to see Superman and Batman on screen. But that one was particularly harder. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Suicide Squad. If you ignore Will Smith, Suicide Squad is a pretty good movie. But you can't ignore the storyline in Batman versus Superman, and that's where the real problem is.
0: Well, oh, yeah,
5: and that's that's what you get when you get somebody's vision of instead of you know canon or, or continuity of, of what it was. I don't care about Zack Snyder's vision. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't care about Zack Snyder. Period.
0: <laughs>
5: I mean, it was it was the same thing with uh, the last idiot. Uh, what the hell is his name? Chris Nolan. Nolan, yeah, yeah, Christopher Nolan. I didn't care about his fucking vision of Batman. The first one was fine. The other two were just. It it got worse as it went down. Mm. And the third was just absolutely fucking horrible.
3: I I agree, except for I absolutely hate the second one. And so many people think it's like the best comic book movie ever made.
5: No, it's not. I mean, the the only thing that I would say would would be comic book esque is the Joker's uh, plight at the end, basically, where he, he's trying to say that everybody's like him. You know, they'll be murderers. Okay, that's the only thing that that was comic book esque about that movie. Right. And Nick, I didn't get to ask you. Did you finally see Vincent and the Doctor uh, as you had planned to? I'm sorry. Say that again. The the Doctor Who show, Vincent and the Doctor, the Vincent Van Gogh one.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. I, no, absolutely. I, I I haven't seen the new episode, but I did get a chance to see that one. I hear that there's another one that Vincent Van Gogh's in as well.
5: Yeah, but it's it's very short, and it was just okay. basically, uh, yeah, it was something that was, uh, it was the start of a, a two-part series, and it was only in there for maybe 30 seconds. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it wasn't anything. It was like the series, or the season finale of, of, The one that he was, the Vincent and the Doctors series. I forget what series it was. I think it was four or five. Oh, wow. Yeah, actually, it took me a little while to watch the new one. I didn't see it until Monday night because I was, I had to go out of town Saturday uh, for a match. And Sunday, I was just so friggin tired. I kept falling asleep during class, watching class. Oh, wow. Yes, I was like, I I waited until Monday night to see it. I think uh, that's probably on my list for tomorrow. They they are bringing back uh, John Sim as the master in this series at some point. So, no more Missy. No, she's there, too. Oh, really? I don't know. If they're kind of doing the same thing they did, do three doctors. If they'll do the, the the few different masters that they have left, basically there's only three that they can use. The others are are gone. So mm. at some point, yeah.
3: Now I haven't caught the class at
5: all, but um. Is, is it any good? No. Uh, <laughs> I liked it. I had fallen asleep during it, and it wasn't because it was bad. I was just tired. Um, but yeah, the first episode was basically just introducing who the kids were that'll be doing it. So a lot of it was kind of long in that aspect. Um, and that you could tell that they knew it was long because they put Peter Capaldi in it to kind of hush it along. But. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I liked it. I'll have to wait till the, to see another episode of it just to, you know. But, yeah, see, that?
1: I,
3: I'm waiting for the first three so I can watch them sort of back-to-back because I think that
5: three episodes is a good way to judge. Yeah, yeah. And from what I understand, it did a lot better in the ratings on BBC America here for America than it did uh, in the U.K., and somebody had said, I, I read somewhere that they had said, basically, it was because they had put it on, originally, it was webisodes, and, and then they put it on on a shitty time slot, and you know, so it didn't do too well. But, right, yeah, you know, it's doing better in America than they said than it did in the UK for the first show. So, we shall see.
1: Stay tuned out. No,
0: yeah,
5: he laughed. No, he's like, ah, screw you.
1: I was letting you have your Doctor Who talk.
0: There you go. Thanks.
1: So, uh, what time is? That? All right. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to do the countdown now or? Um. Yeah, man. I'm. Uh, what's our schedule look like?
3: Are we good? Um.
1: Yeah, unless you guys got any other topics you want to throw out there.
3: You know, I I did, but I think I'm gonna save it because it's a really long and intense topic. I think, and I yeah, yeah I think you're gonna have a lot to say about it too. Oh no. You want a teaser?
1: Uh, yeah, because I mean I'm curious.
3: All right, I want to talk to you, not now. We'll we'll do the list now, but in the very future. I want to talk to you about Corey Haim's accusations of being raped on the set of Lucas, and do you think oh, it was Charlie Sheen?
1: Oh, by Charlie Sheen, yeah. Um,
3: do you think it was Charlie... Yeah, that's... There's yeah. very yeah. few people in that movie that were bigger stars, so I think if we look at the stars, we could probably narrow it down.
1: Put it this way. Um, one of the times I met Corey... I think the second time I met Corey... I was wearing my Charlie Sheen shirt and he made the comment to me, "Why would you wear his shirt?" Do you know what he did? Really? Yeah.
3: Holy shit. All right, we're going to I'm going to cut it off there, but we're going to talk about this at some point.
6: Okay. That's crazy. I know.
1: <laughs> so, all right, let's uh let me uh pull up your list here.
3: Yeah, man, my list is all over the place.
2: Can you hear me choking in the background and shit? All
0: right, I have one second here. This will
3: be, I think, uh, lighter than last time because last time it was a like all emotional song.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, it was deep last I
3: time. I have a good list going of ones that I want to do in the future, so you should do the same. Just jot them
5: down. Real quick, um, while you guys are looking for that shit, may I say? Whoever's writing these damn fortune cookies has been watching Iron Fist too much. I get this fortune
4: cookie.
5: Honest to God, I get this fortune cookie that says, what it is to give light must endure the burning.
0: Hey like what Iron Fist kind of crap? <laughs> the,
1: the real question is, oh. what did we have for dinner?
5: Uh, beef lo mein flow main, little spicy flow main, because uh, you know I got nothing to do for the next couple of days. <laughs> <laughs>
4: sure. Uh, here's
5: another. I, I opened up the other one too, just to see, and it says, "Water not only can keep a ship afloat, but also can sink it." Like these guys are watching this. Show. What the fuck they're doing?
1: They were I watching they the time Probably had a one.
5: machine that just prints random ones out. Yeah. Uh,
1: Confucius say, yeah, all right, so uh, so here's our countdown we uh Nick could not limit himself to four or to three, so he had been four, so we're gonna do a top four countdown of our favorite duets, and here is Nick's, let me make sure I'm counting it right down right, yep, this is Nick's number four. From Vanessa Williams and Brian McKnight, Love Is. And do, do you you going like to talk this up. So so what's the whole thing with this? I don't know if I ever heard this song.
3: I, you know what? It was really popular in the early 90s. And uh, a lot of people don't remember, you know, the, Vanessa Williams had a pretty successful music career before, you know, getting a little older and getting into acting and stuff like that. But, uh, I I don't know, man, it's a beautifully written song. There's a lot of uh piano and just uh, the way that their voices sort of meld together. It's not usually sort of the genre that I go for, but uh it was awesome. It was featured in a uh episode of Beverly Hills nine oh two one oh and uh that's the first time I heard it.
1: I was gonna say, was that the reason? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's
0: funny.
1: So, all right, so let's uh let's play this song. Here it is. Vanessa Williams and Brian McKnight. Love is. After we had the KFC. Sports
3: commercial. watching perfect time for my KFC $10 ticket share. While the balls are thrown, kick...
1: So yeah,
0: yeah, I knew you must have heard it. Right. So, uh, I think that, uh,
3: am I wrong in saying that Brian McKnight's song along with the music? It has a very Don
1: Henley feel to it. Wait. All right, now I got the vibes. Vimes. What did you say?
5: Okay. The whole thing.
3: No, no, that's what I was saying. Well, you, we can, like, turn it down and turn it, you know what I mean, while we talk, too. But I, I think that uh, Brian McKnight's part, it has a very sort of uh, Don Henley-ness to it, the way the music plays out. They're very similar in sales.
1: Right. As soon as that, like, when the song first started, I was like, all right, like, this is this is, like, a real deep. Love song, you know what I mean? And then I'm thinking to myself, it was like, uh, like the, uh, the John Legend song of the, of the 90s.
3: It really was. I mean, it was like, it was, that was it, you know what I mean? It was her second biggest hit. And it was, uh, you know, it was huge at the time.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, it's totally got that, like, uh, knowing that it was in, um, in 90210, like, you can totally picture it now.
3: You can feel sort of the drama that they could play off of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. A- absolutely. And, and you know, Vanessa Williams, for, for all accounts, she wasn't an R&B star. She was a pop star. You know what I mean?
1: Right. So, yeah, man, that
0: was my number four. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I didn't have a number four So, <laughs> so I, I just uh, Earlier I scrolled through a list Of uh, top duets And the funny thing is And I'm kind of scared That actually two out of my top three Were not in the top 40 they chose And there was really nothing Sticking out at me that uh, On this top 40 list until sadly I got to number one I was like that's a damn Fucking good one And I think this song came out in like 1980 or so If I'm not mistaken it, Or 81 It was I know it was definitely early 80s And This song was just Dominating the radio Airwaves like it, it was Like number one It was on just fine rotation and you would hear it like multiple times an hour just flipping the dial on every channel.
3: Now, now I'm totally expecting a list of like metal duets. Am I going to be surprised here?
1: Um, yeah.
3: Oh man, I'm going to I'm not expecting any of it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, here's, uh, I'm going to put this in. Here's number four. Diana Ross and Lionel Richie, Endless Love. (laughs) Dancing the Lionel Rita commercial. My love, there's only you in my life. The only thing
0: that's right my personal, You're
1: every breath and I now, Nick, you're, you're too young to remember this, but Jannetty, I mean, you're a couple years younger than me, but you still probably had to remember, like, when this was out. Am I right? I mean, it was all over the radio. <laughs>
5: My parents would, this is the kind of music my parents listen to, especially on the way down to Atlantic City on
0: Sundays.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And there wasn't no
5: Walkman's
0: back then. (laughs)
1: Uh, But it was such a, I mean, it's a great song. Like, back then, like, I was like, oh, God forbid. But as I've gotten older, I've really got to appreciate this song, and it's just a, it really is a beautiful song. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever you say.
3: No, no, I'm, I, you know, it's funny, as I was growing up, like, movies that would feature couples, and they had, like, a song together, it was always that song. You know what I
0: right.
3: mean? Like I'm trying so hard
7: to remember
3: what movie it was where they were ice skating
0: to this song, you know. <laughs> oh, wow, that's a good idea. That's good. Oh. All right, that's enough of that. You get the
1: point. All right, so Nick's number three. Yeah, um, this is the one where I uh, I said uh, we were close, but I'm, I'm I'm glad you picked this because I picked the other. So Nick chose <laughs> Stevie Nicks and Don Henley, leather and lace. So it, tell us a little bit about it first, Nick. Oh,
3: okay, okay. I thought it was gonna play. Sorry about that, dude. Uh. Okay, there were a number of Stevie Nick songs that this could have been and and, and I know I, I know what you picked in it and it was right neck and neck, I think. But uh when I was like a young kid, this was like the sexiest song alive because in my mind I understood what they were saying. You know what I mean? Like I, I thought I was too smart for my own good, but it was just it's a very sort of uh yeah, it's a sexy song even today. I mean, am I wrong?
1: No, not at all.
3: Okay, like
1: it, it, yeah. When it involves Stevie Nicks, it's just sexy. That her voice <laughs> is, is just sexy, and I always dug Stevie Nicks and her voice. And absolutely, let's uh, let, let let's play that.
2: Kinsa presents how to win these, uh, these commercials are
1: keeping the mood
0: that. <laughs> that voice That voice awesome. Thank <laughs> you. She
1: was all, like, Lace was all her thing, too.
3: Oh, yeah. Yep, dude.
0: It was just so
1: perfect. Yeah. Would
0: you ever Did you ever love a man
1: like
0: me? You? you were right when I walked into your house. I knew I'd never want to. Sometimes I'm a strong man. Sometimes cold and sometimes I'm But time I saw you,
1: I'm And these verses are real long.
0: But it,
3: it doesn't seem like a long song.
1: Nah.
3: First
0: time I saw You, you But
1: you can tell, um, like Don Henley wrote the music for this. This is a total Don Henley-style song.
0: Yeah,
3: it almost to me Sounds like a lullaby Like the, the music is a lot more Subtle than you would think
1: Especially yeah.
3: for that era
1: But you could picture this would be like a, Totally like an Eagles tune If this was yeah, not a totally. uh, Stevie Nicks in We actually got through the whole song. <laughs> That's a good one, man. That's a really good song.
3: I think, dude, if you were to try and replace Stevie in that song, like there are songs where you can do that with a lot of these sort of '80s stars, but she has right. such a unique sound and like depth to her voice that yeah. no, I, it couldn't have, it wouldn't have been the same song.
1: Nah, you're right. You're absolutely right. She makes that song. All right, so my number three. Um, this is going to be my my only metal duet song. And um, this was actually the one, like, I had instantly had my number one and two, and this is the one that hit me the next morning. I was trying to think of some more duets, and I was like, oh, my God, how how could I forget this? Uh, it's such an amazing song. It's a deep song. <laughs> and, um it again. It was like such a huge hit, and really um, helped put Lita Ford on the map. And uh, that was a "Close My Eyes" forever duet she did with Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs>
0: Baby, I can't forget it's all, I don't really understand It's a love that's on my mind, oh, is it gonna be? Heaven, is in the palm of my hand and it's waiting here for you? What am I supposed to do when you tell your tragedy? If I close my eyes forever
1: I got chills
3: So do I, dude That's, that's fucking amazing
1: It really is
3: Lea Ford was a rock
0: giant and song Yeah, oh When it all remains a i so to the world, so the world, i my dreams,
7: isn't no
0: when you the with me, like a me the heart, we'll the for my day, and when we sleep, you shall go be in your home. Now, you
1: know what we need to do? We need to do one of these countdowns when we've had some cocktails in this.
3: <laughs> no, but dude, this song is, I mean, this is a great pick because it's so,
0: oh man, it's
3: just fucking amazing.
1: It, it really is.
0: You get that
3: Aussie feel, and you're like, holy shit, he's doing a duet, but it's, it's totally
1: just a
0: fucking badass song. Yeah.
1: You know what? And this is a song, too. Like, there's been a few times where this song has moved me to tears.
3: No, totally. I, during an emotional or turmoil time, dude, this this yeah. song can hit you hard.
1: Sure. You know, it's it's amazing, like, this, this like, song, like, the two of them, like, the story is, like, they were in the studio one night just fucking drinking, and they pulled this together, and wrote this in one night, and, and like, can you imagine, oh, wow. like, what, like, you walk away from something like this, and, like, the magic that you created with this fucking song...
3: Yeah, dude, I, that's why I believe it, because that's really what it boils down to, man, It's just one moment in time, they pulled it all fucking together, and you can right. tell, because the song has stood the test of time, it's always totally. at the top of list, you know
0: what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You can hear
1: the emotion in her voice, too.
3: it still has that sort of dark nature to it too like it's
0: not
3: it's not a duet for the faint
0: of heart no it i
1: Awesome. Just an awesome fucking song.
3: Absolutely. Just turn her into a fucking god among men. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh yeah.
1: Now, next number two, let me pull it up here. When I first saw the list, I, I thought it was going to be something else.
3: Yeah, I, I I know you did, and and really, I just like that thumb better. <laughs> uh. uh, uh,
0: let's get it ready
1: here. There it is. All right, so uh, so next number uh, number two is uh, Nat King Cole with his daughter Natalie Cole now. Did they do did she, she end up doing like a full album i forget
3: uh, of You know what I don't, I, I don't know if it was a full album but there were a few uh, that i know of it was And it wasn't exactly during my like album buying years you know what i mean
1: Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Now the, the the big one that uh Natalie Cole did with her father was Unforgettable.
3: Yeah, of course, so that's the one where like uh, the technology was first used. Then it was right. sort of like everyone was surprised to see it. You know what I mean?
1: Hmm. So now you but, picked. Uh, up a different one.
3: <laughs> I did. I, I, I did because first of all, I, I love the original. You know what I mean? I. It's one of. Um, it, it's one of the most covered songs I see out there all the time. And uh, I don't know, man, I just it's it's a beautiful song. And when if you look at it from the direction of like generations, you know, the, the father singing and about what, you know, what he would and then the daughter later on. It's it's almost like they're still able to communicate with each other uh, beyond death, just sort of through the music. You know
1: what I mean? Right, right. I right, Well, here it is. Natalie Cole with her father Nat King Cole When I Fall in Love
0: And the moment I can see can mm-hmm. you
1: Like unforgettable, better, a lot better.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh man, I just uh, uh this, this was magic too. You know what I mean? Like this was the, at the time. This was still like unheard of.
0: Keep my heart. It will be lovely. Lovely to Or oh, I am.
1: I mean, it's it's a nice song. It just doesn't have that.
3: I don't know. I guess I remember this song a lot more than the other one from being in, you know, movies and TV shows and stuff. This one was always a very sentimental moment in any sort of movie or whatever it was in. And uh, it's just been covered to death, too. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it, it's unmistakable too.
0: Who's
1: covered it? Do you know offhand?
3: Oh yeah, I mean honestly the the list goes from uh Kenny Rogers to Linda Ronstadt to Ron Stewart to Rick Astley, um so yeah. Harry Carpenter, so many people. Barry Manilow has covered it, Donny Osmond, Lou Rawl, so many people.
0: That, I think
3: Selena even covered it. Feel that
0: way too. It's when I fall in love. When I fall in love I don't know,
3: to me, when they're talking about something that's supposed to last forever and you're sort of looking at it from the outside as like they're already gone from each other. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it, it's bittersweet, I think. Mm-hmm.
0: Well. Wow. Right.
3: I, I think I think that's why I picked it over the other one because the other one when you hear them sing it together it's them singing the song. I think with this one when you take in everything into consideration it sort of changes the way you feel about the song. What, right. as opposed to when he's singing it by himself. You know what I mean? It takes on a different meaning, I think. And that's really cool when the same song can take on, you know, multiple different meanings like
1: that. You know, I I wish I wish I could change my number 4. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I'll, I'll I'll pull it up afterwards, but um yeah. So all right, so uh, it's your my show,
0: number dude. <laughs>
1: so my number two um, is actually uh, the 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 other one that we were talking about earlier from Nick's pick. Uh, Nick had chosen uh, Stevie Nicks and Don Henley. Uh, Mind and actually, this is the first duet song that came when you made that choice a couple weeks ago for this topic. This was the first song that instantly came in my head. That, Stevie Nicks.
3: Uh, before you before you say it, dude. I just I thought the last one what's going to be your number one, hands down.
1: <laughs> I think I'm going to shock you at my number one then.
3: I think you are. <laughs>
1: uh, and you know what? My number one, is going to love. So oh, that's awesome. He's probably like, yeah, okay. But uh, here's my uh, my number two. Stevie Nicks, Tom Petty, stop dragging my heart around. And the weird part with, about this is, I mean, even if Stevie Nicks wasn't on this, this would totally be a hit for Tom Petty.
3: Yeah, it, it's so it's got such a fun, bluesy
0: feel to it. <laughs> but
1: she looks amazing in this video. <laughs> that <laughs> song that really opened my eyes to Stevie Nicks. Really? Yeah.
3: You know, it's funny. I, I This is the only song on that album that wasn't written by her. And you can tell.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: And the crazy thing is, this
3: isn't the only... Duet that they've done. You know what I mean? There, there's like two or three other ones out there, but this is—it's so unique even for her.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, this this was before she really um, broke as a solo artist when she had like uh, you know, stand back and um, what was the other tune?
3: Yeah, I mean, this was her debut
0: album. Yeah, I to do. Make a meal at you. You need you.
1: am sexy, Oh, It's hard to believe. Like, I think she's like sixty-five years old, or even older now.
3: Yeah, and her, her voice just—I mean, it's
5: barely changed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, to be honest, you hope it wouldn't get deeper. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What's that? I what said, was that? You would hope it wouldn't get deeper. Actually, I it, I was gonna say it, it has it has gotten slightly deeper. <laughs> <sighs> oh, oh, that's funny.
4: All right, let you me pull up. Well, you're I, think their it,
5: gargoyle razors.
3: I, I think when it comes to Stevie, you just you either love her or you hate her. You know what I mean?
4: There's nobody right. that's
3: just like kind of. <laughs> yeah.
1: Now we're gonna uh, number one time for Nick.
3: You All right, now, quite simple. This is my all-time favorite song. Wow, it is. It's it, if, if you if I were to make a playlist a hundred times, this would be on the list more than any other song. Really, it, it is. I just um, it's heartbreaking in the message that it's uh sending out there but it's beautiful the way that their voices sort of they just they complement each other so perfectly
1: now you know it's like I, I actually I'm really dying to hear this like because this is a song that I just I don't remember like I'm I'm seeing the the picture for the video you know the icon thing for the video the, yeah and I remember it the video and all, like the scene of this, I just don't remember the song. So I'm really looking forward to it and play. So uh, here's Nick's number one. It's uh, Patty Smythe featuring making uh, his second appearance on Nick's top four, Mr. Don Henley. Uh, sometimes love, just ain't enough. Come get After and Death Flapper's commercial.
2: <laughs> and there Get to
0: now
1: with Line Oh, okay. Okay. Wow, this is your favorite song of all time?
3: It really is, man. <laughs>
0: I don't want to lose you But I don't want to use you Just to have somebody by my side And I don't want to hate you I don't want to take you But I don't want to be the one to cry And I don't really matter To anyone Anymore. But like a fool I keep losing my place And I keep seeing you walk through that door but There's a danger in loving somebody too much And it's sad when you know it's your heart you can't trust. There's a reason why
3: where they are. We sometimes just amen. look amen. but see, I said it wasn't gonna get emotional and
0: it did. <laughs> <laughs> I could never change you. I don't wanna blame you. Baby, you don't have to think the boss. <coughs> 'Cause I may have hurt you, but I did not deserve you. Maybe I just wanna have it all. It makes me sound like
7: thunder. It makes me feel like
0: rain. Like a fool who will never see the truth. I keep thinking. This is a really good song It is Now who
2: do you think of with that? It always
3: goes back to my mom You know what I mean? But she she was obsessed with Don Henley
0: So, you know, all the
3: memories I have Have Don Henley playing in the background
0: no Oh, when it's late at night and you're all alone, are there things that you wanted to say? Do you feel that beside you is your thing? There's a
2: You know, with
1: songs like this, I want to see if you do the same thing I do. Like, you know, I have, like, a lot of these songs, too, like, these, you know, these softer songs, meaningful songs. Yeah. Like just put on, on, like, a, a playlist-type thing and just let them play, like, during the day and just, it's, like, a relaxing thing.
3: You know, I, I, I use the playlist option on Spotify, like, every single day. And I have one that's like when I'm in a happy mood, when I wanna think of my mom, when I wanna think of my dad, you know what I mean? And and I use right. it like that and just sort of if I'm missing my mom, I'll, you know, throw that playlist on and just let it play, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. It shows you how um truly powerful I mean music is. You can relate it to everything.
3: Absolutely. I mean like the soundtrack to my mom's life was Stevie Nick and Don Henley so, and the reason I didn't put the other song at number one is just, this is a better song there's, you yeah, know what no. I mean like there's there's just no way to argue it it's it's just better and I, to me like I said if I was to make a hundred lists this would be on more than you know any other one
1: hmm. interesting
3: yeah we've all got them you know Oh
1: yeah. So all right. So here's um, here's my number one, and I guarantee Gennady, uh is gonna like this song. Is he still muted? He must still be. Don't muted.
0: you believe it? <laughs>
1: here's my number one duet. David Bowie teamed up with Queen and did this tune that uh became uh even more famous after vanilla ice <laughs> stole it um to do his uh his ice ice baby but um the fucking song under pressure is so fucking good emotional intense i, I just can't praise and describe how good this fucking song is um it, it's it, it, just it's it's number one. It really is. So, uh, Genetti, do you agree with me? Absolutely. All right. I knew that.
5: I knew anything that. Queen does, absolutely.
1: Here's uh, here's my number one. What commercial we got now? My Melita.
5: It'd been funny if it was a vanilla ice commercials. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll
4: tell
1: you When uh, when I saw Queen uh, I guess it was like two years ago With Adam Lambert When they did this uh, Tears The tears were just Flowing down my face And, and my wife too. And, and it was funny because Rita was like look at us. She didn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Let me out. <laughs> the intention scary like they're coming back around think, In July right? I think And The The part that really I mean Is I, I think it was It was probably during a, Either Bohemian Rhapsody or uh, Like uh, we will rock You or we are the champions And on the screens They flash up um, Freddie Mercury videos and all and it just oh, the emotions wow. get so overwhelming. So you go see them now; they'll they'll fucking flash up Bowie and Mercury together on that, and you're gonna be crying like a fucking baby. <laughs> like, like <laughs> I, I it would be I be too emotional to actually go sit through. I think.
3: No, look, dude. There were two songs that I that didn't have on my list because. They were so big. I didn't think it was fair. You know what I mean. And and this one they played at my high school graduation. You know what I mean. So like, I when I was closing my eyes, I was picturing like the future and young Nick stepping out on the stage. You know what I mean. Like it's iconic for everybody who's ever loved the song.
1: Right. Absolutely. Such a great
0: fucking
1: soul. I'm now like emotionally drained. I I really am. Like uh, I'm fucking spent. Wow.
3: Anything is clean and it's not fair though, because like we could honestly just do a clean one. (laughs) I know.
1: (laughs) So now I, I have to make a, make a choice, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, but but before you make your choice, let me ask you. Neither of us had the other one that was on that was on my list, and uh, I, I want to ask you if it if it even crossed your uh, you know your top five or whatever. What about um Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me?
1: That's a good one.
3: Yeah, the, the, the two of them, I was like, wow, they're too like, are they too big to be on the list? You know what I mean, like. I think they're the ones that are always at the top. You know what I mean? i am like you pick the Queen one, though, because that one's just... It's so simple and iconic now. You know what I mean? Right.
1: Right. Ooh. Here's the one I actually just thought of. It goes along with, like, the... Um, Um Acting Cole Natalie Cole. Um, this, this is a fucking tune that gets me.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, this is that's
1: live. I don't want live. So this is Elvis with Lisa Marie Presley. Don't cry, Daddy. I am just live. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A
0: day I fell from my bed Thunder crashing in my head My clothes still wet As nice tears As I think of giving up what
3: a voice he had.
0: It it was, it was amazing. Cry, See that part
1: just kills me. <laughs> I just picture her singing to her father, you know, like, don't cry, daddy, I'm okay, you know what I mean?
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh. Children first? The pain and the, hurt of the it's life. It just
1: How yeah. about yeah. you, you have any honorable mention ones?
3: Uh, you know, now uh, that you like so played this one There's one of both of them doing In the Ghetto That's also amazing yeah. I um, uh, I mean
0: as the snow flies. On a cold and gray Chicago morning a poor little baby child is born again.
1: This actually is probably a better true duet. But just that don't cry daddy line always gets me.
3: Yeah, no totally.
0: There's one thing that she don't need, it's another one when I'm people, people don't, don't you understand that y'all need to have a bit. You're gonna be an angry old man someday. Now take a look at you and me. I'll bring you to the sky and the sea. You is a flipper. Yeah. Well, the world, the world will turn And a hungry little boy with a red nose Slaze in the street blow. cold and blow And get home And gets home And his is heart is bed Starts to roam the streets at night and he learns how to steal and he
1: learns how to fight and to get to So now, like, I'm trying to think of, like, what I can choose for our next thing.
3: <laughs> Honestly, dude, like, every time I hear his voice, like, I, I think to myself, like, I understand why... You're the king of rock and roll. Like, I, like oh. I get it. You know what I mean? Like, ah. Uh.
1: How about this? Top three Elvisoons.
0: Oh. Sorry, man. That's, you're killing me. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I that? know
3: what my number one is, but two and three are going to be tough.
2: Yeah, I, I,
1: I got to do some research on that one.
2: Oh man!
3: Now I can't okay. wait for Thursday to get here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> All week uh, long,
3: I'm going to be posting Elvis
0: videos.
1: Oh. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, and next week, our guest, um, I'm really looking forward to talking to, um, uh, this guy did, um, he does these books, uh, Abandon America, and he finds these abandoned places, like, all throughout the country, and does, like, takes, like, tons of pictures, and he puts, he's been putting books together, and it's just, the whole idea of abandoning, like, buildings and schools and houses just amazes me. And um, this guy's pictures are just fucking amazing. And I, I I can't wait to talk to him. I
5: uh,
3: I'm trying to think if I've been on their Facebook page. I think I I think I might already follow them too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, uh, on Instagram.
3: Oh
0: really? That's I think be
1: the, really cool. I think the guy is like from the Philadelphia area. I'm not sure, because no, because he do, he's done a lot of stuff in Philadelphia. Yeah.
4: So
3: it's just like he naturally well, a lot he of abandoned...
5: walks into the... – go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I said there's a lot of abandoned shit in Philly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is true. I think
3: I saw – was it you that posted a picture from a mall that he did?
1: Uh, escalators
3: recently, yeah.
1: or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. I missed it. He was actually... In, see what I, what I mean? He was at the down Theater. When did he do it? It was in February. Fuck. Oh, man. $115 to Ten. Jesus Christ. Holy hell, yeah.
3: Now, see, dude, like... Remember we we had this conversation about how I don't really get art... It's not the same way with okay. photographs. Like, like, it's just art. Like, because these photographs, I'm, I'm looking at some of them now, and they're just, I mean, outstanding.
1: And, I mean, like, oh, when I see hell. pictures like that, dude, I could just stare at them, like, for hours. Like, just soaking it in. You know, just a million questions running through my head. That's crazy, man. That's like
3: Yeah, there's some amazing pictures on there. Alright, so we got Elvis Song.
0: Whew. Wow. <laughs>
3: Bay's, like stuck on the
0: pictures
1: now. Uh,
3: Oh, dude!
1: Crazy, 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 crazy. So, all right, yeah. So, um, now here's here's another uh, a little segment I was thinking too to throw out into to to the mix. Okay. Since. Instagram is, like, such a huge thing. How about our favorite Instagrammer of the week?
3: I love it. Absolutely. Cool. And it would just be, like, who had the best Instagram that week?
1: Yeah. Yep.
3: I'm totally down.
1: And here's one, too. I, I've been wanting to, to, to say this for for weeks, but I, I got to give props to somebody who I just think is just gorgeous. Every time I see her, I, I'm just like, ah. Oh. And, and you're going to be sh- so shocked at this and, and be like, what? Sorry. I have no, no idea. No idea.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to hear a reaction. Um, and, and she's on one of them Real Housewife show, and it, that's not even what I know her from.
3: Okay, now I'm getting ready to get Google up.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> she was recently on... Um, she was on this this past season's Celebrity Apprentice, and that's not even what I know her from. What I actually know a her
5: from, drum roll?
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: what I actually know her from is the, that that the is This Nation.
2: What? What?
1: This Nation? You ever watch that?
2: Oh. No. Okay.
1: Portia Williams.
3: All right, so I have to uh, Google who this person is first. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. So she is an actress and a singer. And uh, yeah. What, what has she been in other than Star, okay, she's in that show. Star Dish Nation. I don't know what that is. Is that like a talk show?
1: Yeah, kind of. It's uh, it's kind of like um, uh, like a, a radio, like basically like uh, a radio show. Like picture okay. the three of us in a room doing our show, and it's just on camera. Oh, okay. And it's yeah they they. they you know, they talk entertainment stuff and rumors and gossip and all. But I mean it's basically our show just on
4: camera.
3: <laughs> okay, well I, I pulled up her Instagram and she and she, she is you know, she, I
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. She could get it's it. Isn't
5: that crappy show I was watching when I was over your house the other day?
0: Or the other week? Yes. <sighs>
5: <laughs> uh, I don't know how you guys watch that crap. I was so bored <laughs> I put on the friggin' science channel and listened to our world compared to Mars. Yeah.
1: Dude Fucking no. Nick. So uh, yeah. you know, Jim spent the weekend at my house. So he's he sleeps on the couch, so in the morning I come down and he's like out cold and um <laughs> the fucker puts on the science channel. So I'm like I'm sitting there like I'm sitting there drinking my morning rock star And I'm just like What the fuck is he doing Like, I'm thinking to myself This fucker was probably out back Smoking up and watches science About science and the planet Dude it was like watching a a science class On TV It was all about the planets and the solar system And I'm just like what the fuck is he watching (laughs)
5: That's really
0: funny. I was more
5: interested in that than watching who was fucking who in Hollywood. I don't give a shit about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You know,
5: that's because I didn't have any. I took on the plane.
0: Yeah.
1: But then I, I even asked him, I said, dude, when you're home, do you put this on? He's like, yeah. <laughs> so now, and I said, though, I'm like, do you like fucking smoke up and sit and watch the Science Channel? Is that what you're doing now?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
5: <laughs> no, and most of the time, I, I tell Bay, I said, most of the time, it's just background noise. If I'm, you know, working on something or trying to fall asleep, because I won't sit there and watch it. So I can actually, like, fall asleep to it because I'm not really paying attention to it. Right, right.
3: Now, let me ask you this, though, okay? And and I'm not accusing you of anything, but if you were to uh, enjoy a magical herb, um, is there any shows that that, that are, like, your go-to, like, you can just sit and mindlessly watch it for, you know, as
5: long as it takes? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I, well, I can watch. There's a few things I can watch and, and do. Uh, Doctor Who, one of them, and, and any of those those type, you know, the comic book shows, any of them. Really. Doctor or, Who and uh, the
3: comic book shows—they don't get too like
5: complex for your train of thought. No. Okay. No, it actually works better because it slows everything down. I think you need some better shit. To me. No. Yeah, <laughs> <you need laughs> You really do. I'm Actually, I got this. I like to
3: watch the this Cleveland
5: thing.
3: show. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, I can't watch
1: that show. I really can't. It's just it's stupid. so
3: blatantly racist and stupid, but I watch I it every
0: day. <laughs> like.
5: <laughs> no, I can't. I really can't. I like. I watch like maybe five minutes of it, and I'm done with really <laughs> it.
3: Uh, Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Now, Bay, I have the same question, but I know you're like a dare officer.
1: (laughs) 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 um, Dude, you know my big show now that I, I. American Pickers. Really? Oh, dude. I watched six hours of that show the other day. Jess couldn't stand it. I think she's starting to like it now. Like she started actually watching it with me and and before she would get like just fall asleep. She was awake the whole time and was getting into it.
2: Oh man.
3: I've seen a couple episodes of it though, and I can totally get how you can just get sucked into it.
1: Oh. Oh, dude. I I wanna have them on the show so bad. Oh, man. Like that, that's that's like my next top goal. Like I want to talk to them guys so bad. <laughs> oh so, man! all right. Well, there's another show in the books, number two thirty three. So next week will be two thirty four. Next thing you know, will yeah. be like two fifty. Man, oh, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah. With the blink of an eye. So, all right. So, uh, yeah. So, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Um, thanks to to Nick and Janetti for hanging out. And uh, th- did you guys partake in any 420 while we were live?
5: <laughs> Question is not did I. is Will I again? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can neither
1: uh,
3: confirm nor deny that it happened during <laughs> the entire
1: show. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Good for you guys. I want to uh, thank uh thank Kristen for calling in. Like I at one point I was just going to say Kristen, why don't we just do another show each week and just do the show with you? Like cuz we can just go now for for hours with her.
3: <laughs> oh, man. It is. When we get rolling, there's a lot to talk
1: about. It really is. It really is. Especially, like, this, there was so much going on this week. So, uh, yeah, thanks for Kristen. Make sure you check her out. Uh, Kristen Burt, all over social media. And uh, thanks to Nick Douglas. Great conversation. Great album. Check it out. It's called Regenerations. You can get that uh, all over. Um, you go on his website, Nick Douglas. I think it's NickDouglasMeet.com. And, uh, yeah, check it out. Get it. It's freaking awesome. Regenerations. Go on iTunes. It's there. Buy it. Crank it, listen it, love it. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Uh, if anybody out there sees me tomorrow night over at uh, Chiller Theater, stop by, say hi, and um, until next week, stay driven. See you, everybody. Bye.